This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this here Next Lander podcast. I'm Vinnie Carvella, joined by Brad Shoemaker. 16 episodes? This podcast is old enough to... What? Happy, happy sweet 16. It's time to get behind the wheel of that county-owned Ford Taurus. That's right. Learn to drive. Only with your work permit, though, Alex Navarro. Do you have See, your... I had to I had to take driving driver's ed at, like, first thing in the morning in high school, so I had to get there at, like, 6.30 in the morning and Ugh. take that early morning class, and it Ugh. sucked ass. Oh, wait. Were you talking, you talking classroom class yeah. or behind the wheel class the, the road test wow yeah. hmm. the uh was your driver's ed cliche driver's ed oh extremely cliche yes like ed, everything up to uh watching red asphalt which they did not make us do oh okay so you did not get the it, no i i went and sought that out on my own because i'm a sicko <laughs> did you on <laughs> your personal time yes uh did you uh did you get kind of the sleepy teacher who yes. maybe uh doesn't they don't know what else to do with so they give driver's ed and totally uh, my driver's ed teacher was totally the like kind of sedate monotone biology teacher mm-hmm. who seemed I, 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 never mind <laughs> mine was a gym it. teacher was who weird. was only sleepy because he was up that early 
Okay, just because he had to get up that early. I yeah. mean, teachers get up pretty early in general. That must be. Uh, Let's just say this guy didn't seem like this was the duty he really wanted. I that's I. I don't. I should ask. I know a lot of teachers in my life. I should ask how drivers ed. Is it a short straw or is it a? Uh, hey, someone's got to do it by dint of the <laughs> the mm-hmm. the town or the state requires us to do driver's ed. Someone's got to do it. What does it pay? Like $2 an hour. Like, oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I should ask around how driver's ed. I wonder if driver's ed is even still taught at schools. Maybe it's all privatized now and you, you get it through private lessons. No idea. It's been a long time. Uh, yes. We've all had licenses for some years now. For many, many years. Uh, Dude, I haven't, I haven't done a driving test since I moved out here. Oh. And I don't drive. I haven't driven in... 11 years, 12 years, something you, like that. You keep Do your, you think you would be comfortable just, getting behind the wheel at this point? No, not remotely. I mean, like, I know how to drive, of course, yeah. but it's just I'm so out of practice that I would be like, okay, if there are no other cars on the road, totally fine. Okay. Like, I will drive all day long if nobody else is going to be around, but the second other cars are there and fast decisions have to be made, I'd, no, that would not be comfortable for me. But they've never checked. They've never asked. They just keep renewing it for the last 18 years. I'm surprised you. So, did you have to take a driving test when you transferred your license? Not, not like behind the wheel, but oh, I had okay, to take a. California had a written yeah. test. Okay. That you had to pass to get your license, which I did when I moved out here, and then nothing since ever. It's kind of wild. They just, they just keep renewing the license over and over without knowing my dark secret. Same with me, man. Like, and I'm a I'm a terrible driver. I'm a I'm t- overly cautious, paranoid. I think. Uh, you know, my mind just races to uh, semi trucks blowing red lights constantly, and mm-hmm. you know the wheels falling off. And I'm a terrible driver, and they just keep on giving me a license. Uh, my wife does pretty much all the driving. Uh, we have mm-hmm. one car. My wife does most of the driving. I, you know, what I like doing? Walking. I like, mm-hmm. and I like public transportation. Uh-huh. Love it. Big fan. Bicycles, great. Love them. Uh, you know who doesn't like that stuff? The kids really, they kind of like just being <laughs> driven somewhere. Get a couple of sidecars on the bicycle. I don't know why they give me a license. I, um, I, I keep it because I occasionally do have to drive and I probably, if we ever got a second car would drive more Jersey driving is not, not the, fun is not fun. Not Jer- my favorite Queens driving. Also not fun. Hey, even, even I have heard of the Jersey turnpike. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Jersey Turnpike is actually one of the least problematic parts of driving in Jersey because it's just one big long strip of highway. Like it isn't like getting on and off is maybe a little confusing, but like yeah. the it, otherwise it's literally just a California freeway. It's kind of all those side highways all over New Jersey where it gets a little hanky. Ju- New Jersey, New Jersey doesn't have side streets that has side highways. Like you, yes, you, it, it is. Everything it, has a number on it. And and as someone who doesn't like on ramps, really in general, like that's why if you want to go like. 20 minutes away you're probably getting on some kind of highway like instead of a side street like for me to get to Bacalars, it should be a straight shot through and it should be 20 minutes but it's like an hour of like getting on and off things and it's just wild man new jersey at least northern jersey where i'm at uh it's just wild i never liked the city driving either in manhattan it's uh it's not my thing it's it's very stressful for me people love it when i would talk to Bacalar and he would be like i enjoy city driving um be like, man, that's that's a special breed of of driving. Yeah, some 
some people get a thrill out of living dangerously. I guess so. I don't, I, I just don't understand it. Like, I love driving as much as any human being on this earth, and city driving is just the opposite of fun. It's just a lot of, like, stop-and-go traffic and people honking and people <laughs> running out in front of your car <laughs> and cabbies fucking cutting you off and buses coming out of nowhere. It's just, like, it's not, like, it's not unmanageable. It's just not fun at all. And then San, that, San Francisco adds to that like a bunch of crazy steep hills and yes, like streets, yes. streets intersecting at all kinds of bizarre angles. God, I hated driving in San Francisco. Like I, anywhere I've, else in the Bay Area, but San Francisco fucking sucks. I've, I've never even done it here, but having ridden with people doing it, I can tell and, <laughs> it sucks. And then being able to make a left turn on red onto a one way street is like that is just a weird thing. That is uh, that must just be a San Francisco. I've never seen that anywhere else. Is that in California in general? Or is that just I, San Francisco? It might be. I don't know. But I, I can't think of too many other places I've seen that. It's illegal. I mean, I get it, but it seems illegal. Meanwhile, here, you literally can't even turn right on red in New York City. They just won't let you. That's the way it should be. Every light should have a left turn arrow. You know what? Add a right turn arrow, too. Let's just, let's just be safe. Let's just everybody Dude, be safe. There are, there are some downsides to living in a city. Primarily, <laughs> it is expensive as hell. But not having to operate a motor vehicle ever? Yeah. Might actually be the best thing about living in a city. Oh, oh yeah. Like, don't get yes, me wrong. I'm very pro-public transportation. Every city, I think, should have, like, a good train system and a good bus system. And, you know, it's, it is a downright criminal that uh, more cities don't invest more heavily in that. Like, com commuting to work and reading a book rather than steering a car mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. I, Preferable. I want to say I was... My wife and I tried out pretty early on... I can't even think of the name of it. The thing where you, like rent the car it wasn't it was like ride sharing oh there's a bunch there's like like zip car and stuff yeah like it was like zip yeah, we, early yeah, zip we, car yeah uh it was yeah, great it was it was yeah, like we, cheap as hell totally yeah we use a car all the time is it like, still inexpensive because i feel like we stopped it got kind of expensive at some point um it's fairly cheap depends on like time of day day okay. of the week like demand all kinds of stuff like the prices fluctuate up and down yeah. constantly it's not like a it's it's like an uber thing it's like oh well i just have to log into the app and see how much it costs uh, today okay i had a friend uh, who would only use Zipcar once a month to go to costco and that was it that's that's a great use one of our <laughs> that's one of our primary uses of Zipcar. yeah i think i think uh, uh in your neighborhood there was like a Zipcar. i don't know if it's still there a parking lot like right oh, they're there. everywhere oh yeah, okay a, there is a there is a, i can think of uh two parking lots within three blocks of here that have cars and there's also just some side of the street parking spaces that are zip car now. Ooh. See, we have very little of that, but we have a ton of those city bike depots all over the place. So if mm. you want like a, you know, a cheap bike to rent for a little bit, uh, they got rid of some street parking. So you could have that. Oh, cool. <laughs> I think like Lyft do those now too. I think I've seen some Lyft branded bikes just like lying on their side on the sidewalk around that's here. Where, I mean, that's that, where they belong. That came up around here a couple, three years ago. I think we talked about it on the bombcast. The electric then, scooter like, shit. I think people, people were taking the, cause they're, they're loose. They're not yeah. like locked up until you pay for them. Like the whole idea was some sort of honor system. Like just use our app because apps solve everything. Like that's apps are the social lubricant that makes there is all, no honor in tech. No, it's <laughs> all commerce. All commerce and society are driven by apps, but instead because the things were loose, people were just like grabbing them and throwing them into the bay. Yes. Mm. There you go. Which is not form, good for the plant life down there because I'm pretty no, sure those things have lithium batteries in them. The, yeah, like the bay has more than a share of problems as it is, but at the same time as a form of protest against giant tech companies shitting up the city streets. I get it, kind probably, of. Probably a better Just way. steal them. Just steal them. Don't throw them in the bay. Just steal them. 
Just pile them in front of that big LinkedIn building. Everybody, will, everybody will know what you mean. Yeah, Even yes, if LinkedIn's not a part of it, they'll they'll get yes. it. They'll put they'll put it together. The Salesforce tur- tower. Yeah, God. there you go. They'll figure it all out. Alex, what is the current state of electric scooter rentals in New York? Is it because they were not allowed? Are they current allowed? I don't there? think they're currently allowed. I still occasionally see one on a sidewalk somewhere, and I just assume that means that that person <laughs> stole that one months ago, and just no one came looking for it. But <laughs> like, like drove it in from Pennsylvania or something, just like <laughs> yeah, it's like every once in a while one just crops up. But like I've not seen an actual like hub for those things okay. anywhere in forever. I, th- I thought I just saw a report that there was an accident with one on the George Washington Bridge or something and being like, well, there's a lot in that story that I, yeah. I, I'm not aware of. There are of. several details there that are all maybe problematic in different ways. Yes, that, uh, that I am not sure of. Uh, but who am I? Ready for this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> who am I to pass judgment? Ah! That- ah! Uh- <laughs> ah! Alex, you're the only one here. Who can talk about judgments? Sorry, man, I lost my judgment. Oh, okay. Here, I found found it. Can you find it? Can you find it? You uh, find no, joke? no, I can't find. I I, right. can, I can't find the judgment until uh, September twenty fourth when Lost Judgment comes out. But you can yes. talk yeah. about Lost Judgment. It's true. What's up? Uh, I will just say right up top here. I am not far enough in to give anyone any serious spoilers here, so you should be pretty safe. But you know, as always, going to talk a little story stuff here. Uh, so this is the second Judgment game, which is a spinoff from the Yakuza series, and by spinoff I mean it takes place in the same universe, but does not feature any of the principal characters from Yakuza. But does feature some of the level designs. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like, it starts out in Kamurocho, this one does too, um, and this one they just straight up are like, we're going to Yokohama because we generated uh-huh. those assets for the last game! Oh, how funny that the last Yakuza was also set in Yokohama. Yes, uh, so they, they send you out there pretty quick, like, there's about an hour and change in Kamurocho, and then it's just like, so this, I, just for those who don't know, uh, Judgment, the story takes place, uh, it involves Yagami, who is a, a private detective, former lawyer, a uh, lot of tragic backstory there, with most of which is, you know, in, in the original Judgment, which everyone should play. That game is awesome. Uh, and he's got his little cadre of uh, other, you know, detectives and friends that help him out. Uh, Kaito, the ex-Yakuza. And then the reason he goes to Yokohama is because a couple of other people from the previous game, uh, the hacker dude who hangs out in the internet cafe all the time, and the uh, the parkour Robin Hood thief dude, they team up and start their own detective agency in Yokohama, and they need your help. So that's why you go. Perfect sense. Makes perfect yes. sense to me. Some, some real cliches going on here, it sounds like. Oh, of course. And, and so it, well, so here's where it's going, though. This is what I would... I, I kind of knew some of this was the premise of this game, but I did not quite realize... This game is halfway to being a Japanese remake of the movie The Substitute. Okay. Uh, the Tom Berenger movie. This, I'm about, huh. Okay, I'm all in. Let's go. So you get there, and they're like, we're being hired by this uh, haughty prep school uh, because they are having major bullying problems here. Like, the headmaster there is like, we can't really figure out what's going on here. There are kids, you know, we had a, we've had some tragic stuff happen in years past. And so you're like, okay. And so there's this whole diatribe about bullying and schools and how it's a problem and sort of like the kind of the science behind it and like you know the sort of like herd mentality type stuff and they're just like hey we want you to put some cameras around this high school full of minors and see what's going on like see if you can track the, like what's actually happening here and ethical issues around that aside <laughs> i want i want to be very clear about uh-huh. this 
This game kicks off pretty much with you beating the shit out of some nasty teenagers. Like, like some, some minors, kids that are though. harassing people. Like, they're like 16, I would assume. Okay. They're like second or third year high school students. Hold, old enough to harass? Uh, old, old enough old to enough, get a harass kicking? Just kung fu kicked in the motherfucking <laughs> face by this, this 30-some-odd-year man. Uh-huh. And that happens repeatedly. There is a group of shithead teens that are sort of like the focal point of the early game. And you beat the fuck out of them like four or five times. Like you take them to the woodshed <laughs> over and over again. Like in, in a like I, I know in the <laughs> game it probably doesn't have this kind of perspective, but in a way where like the local PTA would be like, did, did you allow this like thirty five year old man to come in and beat the shit out of these kids? Well, we did, but it didn't seem weird at the time. They were harassing people. I mean, they probably had it coming. They probably had it coming, and like, but he's an adult. You allowed to just a trained fighter to come and just beat up our kids. Yeah, pretty much. Well, when you put it that way, it, we sound like the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's definitely like some loose talk about liability concerns and all okay. this other stuff. And at one point they are going to kick you out of there, but then you convince the school's local mystery club to sponsor you as an advisor. Okay. So you get to be on campus full time. Okay. I like and mystery. I so like there a is a larger club. mystery going on here that involves uh, this police officer whose son was bullied years prior and died tragically. The, the Supposedly the person who was allegedly abused him, his body is found in a pretty rough state somewhere. And there's a whole mystery kind of just starting to swirl around that stuff. But it starts off very much with this, like, you go to the school, you are finding the kids who are doing the bullying... You find out they have some connections to the uh, the Yokohama Liumong, the Chinese mafia that was in Yakuza Seven, but I haven't really seen where any of that is going yet. It, but okay. like again, this setup just feels because it's like kind of like the substitute. He goes in there and he just starts kicking everyone's <laughs> ass until you know the school is less of a problem, and that's really funny. <laughs> but it's also just weird, man. Like it is sure. a weird. It is like halfway like after school special. Halfway, Tom Berenger just kicking the shit out of everyone. It's okay. weird. Uh, how how cornball? So I didn't play the first Judgment. Mm-hmm. I know I, I've heard you talk at length about it. Yeah, um, but I've played some amount of Yakuza. Like mm-hmm. how how goofball is the Judgment series compared to Yakuza? Is it as wacky and corny around the edges? Like I mean, I know Yakuza has serious storylines at its core, but like it's a zany fucking series, oh, yeah. right? Like, does this get that far in that direction, or is it playing it a lot more straight? Judgment has some of that stuff, mostly in, like, the side stories. Uh, But it is much more of a pot-boiling detective story than it is the goofy shit. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here on uh, I, the 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 Takayuki Yagami Wikipedia mm-hmm. page, and there is a picture of Nagoshi, the kind of head of the studio, next to a picture of Paul Newman from The Verdict. Okay. Yes. And apparently it says, like, that's Paul Newman in The Verdict is what they based Yagami's character on. Well, okay, but imagine if Paul Newman in The Verdict also had extreme divorced guy energy. Mm. Like, midlife down, crisis. A little, little down on his luck. Well, yes, it, like, so it's there's a weird tension there, uh, because... Yagami is a character who is down on his luck, especially in that first game. Like, you know, he's he's his law career is kind of in shambles because he feels like he has fucked up pretty badly by supposedly getting a murderer off that what actually supposedly committed a murder. Not going to get more into the details of that. You should play Original Judgment. Um, 
And like his detective agency is not that successful. Like it's it's rooted in like obviously it's the center of like this big giant mystery that's happening in the previous game and in this one. But like he's kind of scraping by. But at the same time, he's incredibly handsome. He knows like 18 different styles of kung fu, including one that he just name drops like, "Oh, I just made this up in this game." Like, "Oh, fuck you, you did." <laughs> like he dresses with a leather jacket and a bike chain wallet. Wait, hang on. I need to know the name of the style that he just made up. I believe the snake style is his. Okay. Um okay. and like it just it, it, so like, you know, he has a bunch of different things he can do, and one of the things they added in this game is that he can literally just pull out a skateboard at any time now and just tool around Yokohama on it. Okay. And All when right. he does it, he just starts running, and then he reaches into his back pocket, and then a skateboard emerges from it. Okay, you know, that's 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 a quality of life feature. I, I mean, he's in a high school. This is the like hello, hello, fellow teens. He's kind also of thing. like thirty six years old. Oh, he does. You can skateboard at thirty six. That's fine. Thirty six isn't that old, right? That's fine. That is for, fine. For hanging around a high school, it is. No, for hanging around I mean, high unless school, you're, unless you're making a film version of Dear Evan Hansen, you know, I think that's a little weird. Yeah. Okay. 36 is probably in a range where you're probably your kid's probably not in the high school and you're <laughs> like if you're in your 40s your kid could be in the high school you're not old enough to be yeah okay 36 yeah. is probably weird you an employee maybe but so yeah like I'm, I'm about four and a half hours in i would say and that is just about when they start letting the leash off and let you start doing more stuff around the open world um, a lot of the early game just takes place inside the high school. Like you're walking around, you're doing stuff around the high school campus and it is not Yakuza seven. Like it is back to the brawler beat em up style of thing, multiple fighting styles, all that stuff. Um, not, I, I've seen some people criticizing that maybe it's like a little too heavy on the number of random encounters with local shitheads, <laughs> like just random battles with people. And I, it does seem frequent, but I haven't, I'm not far enough in to know just like how annoying that shit gets yet, but mm. they do love their random battles in these games. They cannot get enough of that shit. Do you, in previous ones, there were some ways to distract or get around some of it, right? Like throw the money on the ground or, or, uh, avoid if you wanted to, but uh, I remember them being from watching you play mostly uh, pretty, They're pretty <laughs> turn, turn a corner. Here we go. There's some toughs. Yeah. Like you can run away. And in this case you can skate away if you nice. need to. Um, but generally speaking, the battles are so slight. Like you just kind of like, even if like three or four dudes run up on you, you can pretty much smoke them in about 30 seconds. And okay. I'm not even like that powerful yet. So I don't know. I mean, I, it usually scales as you get tougher, but like I, I'm not, I just I wish they just dial that stuff back a little bit because I think the more meaningful battles are always very fun, but just like fighting three dudes who suck is never really that exciting. Do you bring anything in from the last game? Like all the all the unlocks you had, has he basically just forgotten all of that stuff? All of the progression yes, you the, made? I think roughly six months since the last game took place, uh or something like that, maybe a year. Uh he has forgotten all his abilities, but he still has his fight styles. He still has four fight styles, so But but he doesn't have the ability the tree, like the no, unlocks. you gotta unlock all that shit <laughs> through your phone again. Okay. Did, is it mentioned at all why? Or okay. Not okay. even remotely. Okay. See, but he went on a six month bender and Yeah. Or like it's all, it's all kind of fuzzy. In that writing of that game, I could totally see him being like, No, I I forget that stuff on purpose so I could learn it all again mm-hmm. to be uh even better this time. Again, he just very casually drops a conversation, Oh yeah, I just made up this kung fu style. I just did it. You know, okay. like because I'm just that fucking cool. All right, and it skates away. Yeah. Uh, so that that is out officially on the twenty fourth, right? That yes. is uh, 
PS4, PS5, and Xbox platforms, X and S. Yeah, no PC version currently announced, I think because of all that ongoing stuff with the actor who plays Yagami and his talent agency, uh, and them not necessarily wanting a PC port, because they really want to control how that person's image is used. Somebody might mine his character model out of that install and import it into Gary's mod and then make a gun that shoots Yagami's. (laughs) Which is not the worst thing that someone could do. I've heard worse. But, like, the level of control they have over this thing, I think we've talked a little about this before, just, like, there's no karaoke in this game because he has a recording contract elsewhere and he's not allowed to sing. I think they turned off the vending machines in this game. They they were turned off in the last one, too. Like, as you know, in Yakuza, you can kind of walk around to the different vending machines and, like, grab, like, you know, a fucking boss coffee or whatever. And some of that stuff is licensed. I don't think you can do that in this game because they do use the licensed drinks, and I don't think he's allowed... This is speculation, but I don't think he's allowed to be seen drinking anything that is branded that he does not have a deal with. Well, we just gotta get streamer mode in Lost Judgment to turn off all the vending machines and anything that would be uh, in conflict with their talent contracts. Uh, So when Yagami starts singing Creep, uh, we can turn it off Mm -hmm. and it, it can stay muted. Hey, look, you might not be able to sing karaoke, but you can play Sonic the Fighters. Yeah, there's a you have a Sega Master System in your office now. It, they got rid of the, pin, the weird emulated pinball machine from the last one, and now he just has a Sega Master System in his office with a CRT TV. So you can tell he's Man. moving up in the world. With such classics available as Woody Pop and Quartet. Okay. The, the only one zone. that's... One and two. The only one that's unlocked from the get-go is Alex Kidd. Mm, that's some might deem that a questionable choice. It's not the best game. Looks like you have to go to an arcade to play Sonic the Fighters. Yeah, mm. probably. There are arcades around. I haven't gone to any of them yet, but I, that's the thing. I'm still mostly just been in the story like wind up. They've just cut me loose and kind of let me get more into the open world stuff. Do they do? Do they do all the side? What are they called in Yakuza? Uh, sub-stories. Sub-stories, right. Do they have, like, dozens of those, like, Yakuza, or is that a... Yeah, there were a bunch of them in the first one. I haven't run into any yet. Uh, okay. There's no, one they, they that's t- part of the main plot, but that's the only one I've done okay. so far. Yeah, they, they take a while to ramp up in Yakuza yeah. 2, right? And there's a lot of, like, areas where you can just kind of go and mill around and smoke, and you can hear other overhear <laughs> other people talking, and it seems like that might be how you get some of those stories. Smoking in a video game? In the high school? Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like this, Alex. Well, uh, kind of everywhere, not just at the high school. Does he bring hey. his does he bring his own like a little ashtray thing, the little portable ashtray? No, but you do have to go buy cigarettes before you can go use any of those uh smoking areas. Maybe maybe think of Yagami as a cautionary tale in video game protagonist form. Yeah. Yes. Don't don't be a washed up middle aged private detective <laughs> if you can help it. Hey, do be an incredibly successful actor who has a, a talent agency that controls every mm. aspect of your image. What brand? What maybe brand? I don't know. What, Appealing, what, that sounds either. Yeah. What brand of smokes? Did the talent agency I haven't figured that out one? yet. I haven't okay. bought any yet. All right, good. God, and now I'm trying to think. I mean, it's been a very long time since I've been to Japan, but I. Yagami only name. smokes seven stars. So, okay, wow. Okay, I was like, I was sitting here, I was like, I can't name a single brand of Japanese cigarettes at this point, but look at that. It's I wouldn't one- be surprised if maybe that was the one thing that isn't branded that you're buying. Mm. I would be, I would, I would not be surprised if it were. Yeah. There you go. Um, 24th september 24th yes PlayStation, i'm playing on xbox. ps5 looks pretty great there though i will say it is definitely like we have put another coat of sheen on this existing engine we have not mm-hmm. really changed it in any dramatic way so looks a lot like yakuza 7 but prettier 
Yeah, I mean it's cross gen, right? Yeah, like it's all it's also one PS4. Do yeah. you know if did they do a PS5 specific SKU or are you yes, just playing a PS4 game? Okay. This is a PS5 SKU. I feel like almost everything is getting at these days. Mm. Like I, I'm trying to think the last time I like installed a game on a PS5 and had it ring up as a PS4 game. I can't remember. I think. I think it is also just one purchase, or at least the code yeah, I got was yeah. just one purchase because it like it gave me access to both versions. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's Lost Judgment. Uh, yes. I should, we didn't do a run of show. We're going to be talking about, about Deathloop in a second here. Uh, Toem or Tome? I still don't know yeah. exactly what that one is. We're going to get some Skatebird. Uh, later on, we're going to get to the news. And uh, we've actually got an interview with uh, Alex Beecham from Outer Wilds coming up after yeah. the nudes. news. Yo, that guy made Outer Wilds. Made I mean, it. not by himself. Not by himself. <laughs> He certainly was instrumental in its creation. That's right. That's right. And we've got a, a, a little 15-minute interview after the news. Uh, but before we move on with that, I do want to mention that uh, Alex and I have been playing a little bit of um, True Colors. Life is Strange. Life is True, strange. Color, True Colors. Uh, we've streamed some of it. And I think I like that game so far. I think, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm think i into what it's doing. It's very Life is Strange. But the facial animation and the character work they're doing is is working for me. It's It's selling it. Uh, and yes. so, so far, um, and this is deck nine. This is not don't nod making this one. Oh, I don't They're, think I even, uh, put that together. Yeah. So this is the studio that made the, uh, spinoff of the original life is strange. The prequel series. Okay. So before the storm. I think so. Yes. Called? Uh, yeah, it's so, uh, the, the main character there, Alex, which gets a little confusing during streams, but works has the uh, superpower or the supernatural ability to kind of inherit the emotions that somebody else is displaying and do a little mind reading in there. They kind of, they portray it as I think in the materials, they portrayed it as this super empathy, but it's a little bit of like mind reading though. You're not sure if she's just getting those vibes. Please, sometimes. please Vinny, you have to use the correct branding It is the psychic power of empathy. Oh, okay. Yeah, the psychic power of empathy. Yeah. Um, and uh, Alex gets the powers uh, uh, or gets the vibes and mm-hmm. uh, kind of embodies sometimes what the other characters are feeling. If it's rage, sadness, fright, and, and that becomes the gameplay mechanic. Yeah, if the, if the emotion is too strong, it can overwhelm her. Yeah, so I don't know if Alex... So so we did hit one point where I, we saw Alex trying to save a kid by uh, um, basically trying to empathize and and, and show see the world how he sees it but then there was like a little part of like i can fix this sad person by using my power and that to me didn't sit so like it's not your job to go fix this person let them be sad this is okay uh but they already pay a therapist for that they i understand that they were just trying to um uh make them feel better but you know sometimes people need to be sad it's okay okay anyway i think i'm liking it uh i appreciate what it's doing we'll see where it goes as we continue sometimes those games wobble sometimes yeah. they wobble but they don't fall down sometimes they just fall down yeah so we'll, we'll see how it goes. in this That's- case we can just play all of it because it's all part of one package like it's still broken up into chapters similar to the way the episodic versions of life is strange were but it's all there now oh they just they did the netflix thing they just dumped the whole season mm-hmm. the whole season oh, in one were- game yeah interesting okay uh, another part that is, you know, this is completely on us, but it's a sign of things is uh, we're streaming it. We turned on streamer mode, but that which which kind of mutes all the licensed music or generally seems to mute all the licensed music. But that game, 
that game has so many scenes that rely exclusively on the content of that music. There's there are like extended just in the first chapter there are two big ones. There are extended scenes where Alex is just playing guitar, and then it's just and they keep the sound yeah. effects in, so you hear the some of the like, they layered the in plucking. some like yeah the guitar like sliding like and then like but no nothing else nothing like she's else. supposed to be singing a cover of radiohead's creep and that's not even like the actual song it's a cover license <laughs> and they still muted it and so wait even even her vocals oh yes, the whole thing the whole thing it, all, oh, wow. all you hear is like the wind rustling and the and the subtitle says alex sings and it's about a minute and a half i don't know it felt like a long time and then you know it's kind of hilarious because alex is like Oh, I'm going to play a song that really embodies how I feel right now and grabs a guitar. And then it's just nothing. Like, it's just like, nothing. Like maybe a better choice would have been stone temple pilots, big empty because it's just empty fucking space. <laughs> but, but again, I mean, listen, if you're playing at home, you're not going to get that. That's on us turning on streamer mode. It's just, it's just a sign no, it, of, it's not the studio's fault. It's not their <laughs> fault that they are trying to solve this stupid, impossible problem that is entirely on Twitch and the recording industry to solve, and they just won't. Hey, you want to you want to make it in the streaming game these days? You got to have your royalty free library queued up on your stream deck, ready to go. Uh, yeah. Just such a moment. Yeah, yeah. What? Insert insert your editorialize with your own selections. Just just a, a peculiar. It's just a sign of things, I guess. At that point, and and one of those things where I think even if we didn't have to, I'd probably play it like that, just because it's, it makes me laugh. Uh, and and that game is pretty heavy at times. We we hit some heavier stuff in that kind of life is strange way, which um, you know. It's good. Game, games make you feel something. Uh, another game that made me feel something, Deathloop, mm-hmm. made me feel like video games are all right. They can be. They're pretty good. Dude, I, that game is such a trip to be playing after release now compared to before. Because as of as of last week's show, we had only played that game before mm. release, I believe, roughly, more or less, give or take. Have you guys played much of that thing in online mode, as in anyone can invade your game since it came out? No, I'm Almost too scared. None. I'm too it scared. It is wild. Too it is cr- like literally, literally <laughs> every map I load into when you're in online mode, instant invasion. Like, <laughs> yeah, liter- I believe it. Like as I am stepping out of the bunker, like his underground tunnel network, like as you are stepping through that door, immediately Juliana's on the hunt. Mm. And like... I think that game might be kind of underrated as a multiplayer game. Yeah, you like it? The I've heard I've, good things like, from people who like, enjoy it. Like I at first it felt like kind of a nuisance cuz like you know, like forgets making story progress when somebody's running around trying to kill you, right? Yeah. But like at some point that became the thing I was enjoying. Like I kind of just kept loading in the missions, letting people come in there because it's like with the range of different weapons you can have, all the trinkets and perks you can put on them and all the wacky dishonored powers, right? Like you can get pretty creative about the cat and mouse game that happens when somebody comes in. And like, I haven't, I haven't played as Juliana since that stream we did. I'm, I am purely playing defense as Colt, like letting people come in because they're after me. Right. But like you start getting in situations where like you start using features of the map you're on to set up traps for Mm. people. Like I, I got invaded on the complex at night, which is, I guess the game's been out for a week. I mean, it's not a huge spoiler, but there are no real enemies on the map, on mm-hmm. the complex at night. It's full of booby traps, though. Like, full of booby traps. Mines, laser trip wires, like, turrets everywhere. As soon as somebody invaded me, I literally went and staked out a position where there were a bunch of turrets that I hacked and, like, you know, kind of 
tried to plan out how they would route through some mines trying to get to me and then run into those turrets and like like there's a really awesome cat and mouse kind of thing going on there if you if you set things up right kind of feel like you're laying a trap and like i like multiple times like the thing i laid down was totally successful in like murdering the person that was coming after me like it's it's kind of a rush it's like it's really cool and you get to uh when it's online you get to take um the the weapons and the slams that the online person chose yes yes okay so they they drop their weapon and i think it's whichever slab they have equipped currently okay uh, if i'm not mistaken you never get that masquerade be, slab though right i don't think so uh, i feel so like, you, I feel have like have cole you, couldn't have that have no have you invaded as juliana because you do get to use it and as her uh i just did it to test that test it out okay when, when it, i haven't actually played um yeah. done it seriously i just uh, i didn't I didn't find it super useful playing as her. Hmm. Like the second you start moving around as an NPC that is juking back and forth, you know, yeah. like yeah. like a real person, like that your cover is blown, right? But you could you could sort of hide out motionless and, and wait for them to run by. I guess, right? That's like that old Assassin's Creed blend into the crowd multiplayer. That sounds good on paper, but maybe takes a real particular patience to do. Do you get kicked out or has anybody ever gotten kicked out of your game if they stuck around too long? Hmm don't think so on the off- as, an, as an invader yeah on the offline mode i had a juliana has left the map uh thing once huh. uh usually she again in offline mode we've talked about this before the ai is maybe not the greatest yeah it's uh, not great. so sometimes juliana would just be like juliana is dead <laughs> and he would be like <laughs> all right i guess juliana fell in the ice water or something like that trying to get to me but one time i had a juliana has left the map which i, I thought maybe she hadn't found me uh you know in enough time like maybe you can't maybe you can't um what's it called uh camp the the door right like the, the, mm-hmm. the, the leaving door for too long right. maybe they k- kick you out at some point or the or the transmitter you have to hack to, to yeah open those doors back up yeah so maybe maybe that's maybe that's a like a, a thing against that because they still have those rules that was it five minutes in is when you invade something like that and it yeah. has to be on a, a visionary map yeah okay yeah it seems like the people i've talked to that have tried it and gotten into it are like this is this is pretty rad, and I have just like, been too scared to turn it back on because I like the stress. Yeah, oh, total, totally. Like you cannot make good progress through that game. You kind of have to set when, aside some time to just do it. Yes, yes. You, yeah. You either you either to go in expecting to get invaded or go in expecting to like keep playing through the story. I, I, it's hard to juggle both, but um, like the thing that tells me people are taking it seriously is that there's like a meta starting to emerge. Mm. Like people are people are out there talking about their multiplayer builds. Nice, like. Like I saw um, Chris, the friend of the show that makes Highlight Reel mm-hmm. on Twitter, posting what he called like a good anti-invasion build. Mm-hmm. Uh, like poison gas is the big thing in invaders right now. Like okay. people are putting poison gas bullets on everything. Like that seems to be really effective for invading. So he had found a trinket that makes poison gas heal you instead of hurt you. Nice. So like people people doing that, that uh, you know, like buff, counter buff type stuff, like tells me there is something there. Yeah, that's cool. That's, it's not like I want Arcane to go off and make like a full-on multiplayer-only game necessarily. No offense to Redfall or anything, <laughs> but but like as an element of this game, like it's way cooler than I expected. Like some of, some of my favorite moments I've had in that game now are defending against invaders in creative ways. That's it sounds it sounds like ch- going uh, 
going onto online mode uh, is basically entering a multiplayer match from the way you, you are stating that you just get kinda, invaded. Uh, kind of, like, but a one-on-one, it's almost a duel. One-on-one. It's, almost like a, yeah. it's almost like a rocket arena kind of thing of it's just me and one other person and we've got, but, but the key is that there are so many tools at your disposal. Yeah, but it sounds like expect um, to be invaded if you turn that yeah, on. Absolutely, yes, okay. absolutely. At least the, right one now. Time, the one time that I really met my match was somebody using poison bullets and I don't know if it was shift or some other perk or what they were doing, but they were juking back and forth laterally like mm. super fast i just could not draw a beat on them because they were juking you know they were just dodging have you ever seen the npcs right. do that like when you get like a real really. hopped up npc and they just bounce back and forth like that they jump like from foot to foot almost it's, not, it's maybe maybe a couple times it's weird sure. it, it doesn't seem to happen all the time but they really get amped up and they'll just go back and forth um that game game also has um it has its quirks has some quirks oh definitely it's buggy I'll, I'll just say real fast about that person who invaded me like i thought that was the one time i had met my match since this game came out wide and i was just like oh well they've got me i'm just gonna have to eat this one and the next thing i knew they dodged right off the side of a cliff and <laughs> just killed themselves oh nice they got they, they got a little too big for their britches so like it's just it, that that multiplayer is just full of goofy moments like that that are super fun do you uh, uh when you when you're when you're playing as colt uh, the Juliana, uh, say say they get. Are you most of you? Are you getting Juliana once before she gets you, or are you doing using your respawn slab? I've definitely eaten it at least once, if not twice, before. Okay, managing to take her down, but that's the advantage you have, right? Yeah, is I think she's just got the one health bar. I don't think she can heal, can she? Oh, I, I don't know. I maybe, thought, I thought maybe, you can get those fix it whatever. Maybe maybe, maybe she it? can pick up heal healing items. I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, the balance in it is is wild too. In that sense, where Colt gets you know multiple lives, and then um, uh, she gets none, but com- doesn't get attacked by the NPCs, which is yeah, she has that, and also like Colt just has way more on the line, right? Because yeah. you might mm-hmm. have you might have a bunch of progress and like cool stuff you want to infuse that if you die, you're just going to lose, right? And so. much easier, I think. Well, I haven't done it much, so I shouldn't say that. It seems easier for her to find you or to find yes. the player because you're. You're doing stuff in the world where she right. is kind of passively in there just right. finding you. Yeah. I think I I might actually go spend some more time as her before <laughs> people start falling off of it while there's still a big player base because I kind of want to go mess with people. My last question about the multiplayer, and I guess I can answer this by playing. It just it doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. There's a stress. I just don't like competitive multiplayer stuff, but it does sound cool. Do you get, from surviving an online Juliana attack, do you get any of the goodies that Juliana gets for having a successful attack, you know, like the cosmetic stuff or points or hunter rank. Thanks. Definitely not the hunter rank. That's a Juliana thing. Okay. Maybe cosmetics. Cause you definitely don't get it in an offline mode. You just get the drops. So I, I I, I think as Colt, you only get what she drops when you kill her. Okay. Okay. And I was, I feel like you should get a little pat on the back for surviving one and online. I mean, he he does have all those costumes and maybe you do get them that way by killing her. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, or maybe maybe her mode unlocks costumes for both characters. I don't, I don't know. I would just like uh, to say for the record how confusing these last cu- couple of conversations have been for me because Alex from True Colors, I have to keep separating that. And also Juliana is my mom's name. So like, I, I'm like, oh, wait, all right, yes, never mind. We're talking about yes. a video game. Yes. The, if, yes. if there's a character just, named Ed in any of the upcoming <laughs> games, uh, let me know. Just crack open the big book of video game character <laughs> names. Uh, so, yeah, we mentioned uh, some issues with the game. I wonder if uh, the patches are coming fast and furious because I've had some... Mostly my biggest ones are UI issues where the UI will jam up in weird ways. Menus yes. are a little funky. I've definitely had the menus bug out in a variety of weird ways. There's and a also, lot of menus, which makes it more of a problem. 
definitely a lot of menus, a lot of going into the menus and, and a lot of going into the menus and cycling quickly because you're not on the right menu and you have to get into the right one. But I've had them jam up in ways that have locked me out of continuing the game, unfortunately, where I had to like hard reset the game. And that usually means you have to start the day over because you, there's no checkpointing within the current um, time period you're in, in the day. I shouldn't say the day, the time frame part you're in. And right. that uh, I had one really bad one. I got over it. It was like 15 minutes worth of work. But um, uh, the character in the game, Charlie, has set up some uh, bonus stuff around the sides, around the fringes. That's, you know, you can do these missions and they're challenges. They're like bonus challenges in the game. And they're fun to do. And some of them require uh, quite a few steps. And I had finished one and finally done the whole thing and and done it done it the right way and didn't mess it up and got the weapon and then i went into the menu to go see what the perks were on the weapon and then the menu jammed up in there in a way that i couldn't get back out of and i even got the achievement for doing it and then i had to like uh hard hard reset the game oh that hurts yeah that was a tough that's one. heartbreaking i've definitely gotten stuck in the environment a handful of times in ways that i was really freaking out about like oh my god i'm just i'm gonna lose an hour of progress <laughs> here because i can't get out from under this box all of a sudden were you able to do it finally I generally have been able to wriggle my way out okay. by just jamming on all the buttons like like mad but it, yeah it's i mean whatever it's you know it's a pretty ambitious game like there's a lot going on there and yeah the vast majority of it works you know like i've i've run into maybe two bugs in the entire time i've been playing which is a lot less than you guys have been but uh you know so far it's like it's mostly been little hindrances nothing that has like really ruined my experience no. the, the menu stuff i feel like is a patch away from from working maybe yeah. the yeah. maybe the it, geometry stuff is maybe a little further out it sounds, it sounds like the the pc version is on fire enough that they might be devoting their efforts to fixing mm. that they I should think they, because that i think they like just put a patch out too for the stuttering on that I yeah okay. that, that one seems like actually significantly less playable than the ps5 um, i don't know how long it's gonna take me to finish that game because i've been trying to not use the freaking objective markers everywhere oh, oh okay. you're going for oh, purity boy. run like, I don't know how long I'll stick with it, but it sure is like, you know, there's a lot more to working your way through all those puzzles if I you bet. don't just totally, but it's like, it is kind of crazy how granular the objective markers are. Hmm. Like, I think we might've talked about it a little bit last week, but like every map you go onto every secret you've uncovered about that map, you can just tick an objective marker for that thing. Right. So you, so you could literally have like eight different objective markers all floating in your view at the same time, just pointing you directly to everything you need to do. Some of them, some of some of them don't, but a some lot of them don't. A but, lot of them but, do. Yeah, but those are ones that generally don't have a specific thing you have to go to, right? Um, like, like some of the Charlie stuff is is search around the map and right. Uh, but yeah, some of those I would not want to uh want to have to figure out. Like I, I started getting the um. What are they called? The delivery system things. It was like uh, uh, those things. That was interesting. I, there's more for me to do in that game, I think. In but uh, but it's not in my objectives anymore. Like I, I have I've I've cleared out all of my red thread board for whatever you want. The two like arsenal and um, visionary visionary boards. But I think there's some more stuff in there. I looked through some of the achievements. A lot of them are hidden. Um, there's only a couple of online ones, which is nice. Uh, which, which is a it's a nice thing. I was thinking about getting a hundred percent. Some of the achievements I got that sounded hard already. I got just by playing the game and not intentionally. Sometimes you'll like just I'll be unloading and a, a trophy will show up and you'll be like, I did not mean to do that, but I'll take it. Um, but so, there's one or two in there that I looked at that was like, that's gonna take. That's gonna take some doing. 
that's huh. that's that's a that's a that's a playthrough of this that is multiple times trying to get this one interesting uh, yeah there there's a I think uh, I, I think it's I don't know if it's hidden or not. I, I was I was gonna say it, but I don't think it's a spoiler. There's one that's just like just kill the I think it's kill the visionaries without killing any of the other people, and and huh. they, and, and do it uh, and complete the game, uh, okay. you know, in one day in one cycle. Which yeah. is when I think of there's when I go through my head of how to do that. There's just one part where I'm like I have never been able to get through this part without even alerting half the the map. I don't know how I would get through the entire. Um, thing without alerting people don't worry the speed runners will figure it out for you oh yeah yeah visionaries yeah, only run I, I have gotten the sense that there is one way to finish the game i think is that accurate i mean i guess we don't know 100 percent for sure but it sounds like there is kind of a specific prescribed way to set everything up to truly get everybody i mean that's what it seems like there, there are multiple endings but i think there's only one path to those endings as right, far as i understand right. it um, yeah. i i don't i mean maybe do we do we know what it I mean I don't spoil it here but like do we know what it is that sort of like guides which ending you're going to get like is it more just about like things you've achieved things you've collected Oh I as far as without getting into spoiler stuff yeah. it's pretty obvious Oh okay fair enough at, at least unless I'm missing stuff I think there are three endings I've gotten okay, cuz I haven't one. really looked into it that deeply and I'm pretty far away from finishing it still so I just I wanted to make sure it wasn't like oh am I've already fucked up by not doing something no, 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 I'm no, supposed no. to do there's definitely nothing like the dishonored like good play bad playthrough <laughs> okay. dichotomy like it's it's not it's not that restrictive Got it. for sure yeah um yeah it's not like uh, did you have uh uh this pack of uh gum in your pocket when you finished the game mm -hmm. not like that sort of okay thing. uh at least again i don't know from what i got uh fair enough uh it was funny to see people and uh, i talked in the discord with some folks who had finished the game um to talk about the ending stuff which was finally good to share my thoughts in there with other people. Uh, just good. Cause again, I think, I think that's probably just one of my really only main criticisms with that game. And otherwise a really fantastic video game is I, I thought the ending was a, just abrupt. I, I think I wanted a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in there. I was pretty invested, but um, you know, it is tis. Tis only an ending. It's true. The gameplay solid. Very okay, much so. Very fun. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. The journey. The journey. I'm a little bit, journey. I'm a little bit mad that Lost Judgment is coming out so soon after that thing because I can already tell it's going to derail me for a little bit from Deathloop for a while, and I, I worry that it's going to take me a little time to get back into it. I, I I took a couple days off of it after last week's podcast, and like there's I mean those those kind of rumor boards, you know, the the mm -hmm. leads, mm -hmm. like you can scan that stuff and basically get your head back where you were. <laughs> But there is a lot yeah. of information to refresh your, yourself on. The the nice thing is like you can kinda you can kinda just skip that. Like don't get tripped up on trying to remember everything. Like just pick a map. Like mm -hmm. like pick a time period and a map and mm -hmm. just mouse over it and it'll tell you basically what is the most relevant there. And if you button into it, it'll show you literally everything that is relevant to that map and that time. Like you can just hop in there and start pursuing stuff. Like it, right. it does if you drill down, it does break stuff down pretty nicely. It's fun. It's fine. I have to force myself to try other builds now because I feel like I've locked into the the weapon set I like and the power set I like. And I tried, I tried just not using uh, blink and uh, or sorry shift and nexus, and I tried. I honestly did. I could. I couldn't. I immediately on the next mission, I switched right I back. Just, I just cannot get 
a feel for shift in a way that makes me want to use it all the time. Like it's, I can see why it would be useful and it seems like I should use it, but it's just something about it doesn't feel right. I love it. Like I can never quite tell where I'm going to end up. Like I, I tried Havoc and like, I get it. And there's some cool upgrades for Havoc, but I don't know. There's something about Nexus. Yeah. Nexus is is a fun toy for sure. It's It's a fun power trip. Oh man. It's a map clearer. I mean, my my yeah. standard loadout is extremely boring and video gaming. I just go either in havoc. It's like, hey, I'm going to be invisible for as long as I can stealth, <laughs> and then as soon as as soon as I lose stealth, I'm just going to become invincible and destroy everybody. Sure, that's why I I thought I would like the uh, kinetic one, the carnesis. Carnesis, yeah. Um, but I I wish it were more fatal when you throw people. I wish mm. I wish there was a thing. There's a power up for it that makes it slightly more do more damage. But uh, I it's wish not, it were it's more not fatal. That, that great. Yeah, like either go f- further, blast further, or make it uh, people not get back up. Anyway, Deathloop continues to be somebody. Great. Somebody mentioned to us on Twitter that Carnesis works on visionaries, which is a nice thing to have. Sure, mm, I think most like, of them work on visionaries. Yeah, I've, they all do. But that one in particular is one that just lets you kind of incapacitate just about anybody. Uh, like, you know, okay, because they all have slabs, so they're yeah. all kinds of a pain, kind of a pain in the yeah, ass because yeah. they're because they're shifting and going invisible and all that stuff. But right, gotcha. If you can just pick them up in the air and slam them into the wall, they can't do that stuff anymore. That's true. Or I think you just hover them in the air. That's great. Um, Deathloop, out now. It's P- yes. PS5 and PC. A fine video game. Sounds like the PC. Maybe not the place to go first. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not sure if they fixed that stuttering problem when I saw people talking about it, but hopefully that thing gets polished up. Uh, T-O-E-M. Let's just say Tome. 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 Split the difference. Tome. Tome. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, uh, $20 out now on PS5, Switch, and PC. I don't think there is a PS4 version, oddly enough. Mm. Um, uh, and so it is uh, came it out. It needs the, the power s- of the PS5. <laughs> I was a little, <laughs> a little surprised. Uh, I, I, I did read that it runs a little chunky on the Switch, so... That might be more true than you think. I don't know. There was one spot on the PS5 that always started framing up on me. Interesting. Uh, so, Is so it a visually intensive game, really? No. No, it's really not. No. Uh, I finished it. It's pretty short. It's a, it's a fairly short game. It's $20. Uh, I finished it in one sitting. It's um, a game where you are kind of just going out into this world to take some pictures and document the world, basically. You're it's, going on like it's kind a, a of a hidden quest. object game at its core. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a collectathon. Yeah, it is, it is yes. a very pleasant, charming collectathon. Yes, with the very Scandinavian vibe. Yes, that is pretty much back of the box. Yes, you go out there, you fill up your album with uh, uh, Pokemon Snap ish things to uh, catch them all, uh, get the pictures of everything. Sometimes the taking pictures of things can be a little finicky if there are other things it, re- it registering as the thing can be a little finicky if there's multiple of a thing in your viewfinder but generally you you run around turn the camera a little bit to see if there's the thing you want to capture behind a um an object and then take a picture of it and move get enough of them to get your bus pass to move on to the next area and, and yeah and there's a again. set number of objectives for each environment you don't have to get all of them to get your bus pass you just a certain number of them and at least from the couple few that i've played at this point it seems like there's a set of fairly easy ones to get, and then once you have all those, you can get your bus pass, and then the slightly more opaque ones are the ones you can just get if you're a completionist. So I think I have almost everything. I'm missing one picture in the album. Interesting. Was, uh, yeah, and Jeez. it was driving me bananas to find it, and finally I just put it down and was like, I can't find this. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to here. I'll just look it up. 
Uh, some, of, some of the like some of the quest kind of descriptions don't give you a ton of information about what it is you're looking for. Like there's definitely yeah. some guesswork about like what what exactly is a block thistle. I'm not yes mm-hmm. like like there's just like there's no text description on what that is or what you should be oh looking for. Gosh. Just kind of take a picture of everything and then and then you have to run back to the quest giver to show them all those photos to find out if you were right or not. Yeah, and there's a square bush on that map, which you're like, is this yes, the block I, thistle? Yes, I was like, 100%. I was, that, that was where I went immediately. I was like, how the fuck is this not the block thistle? It is a block, and it's <sighs> some kind of bush. Like, what else could it be? Also, I'll say if you're playing that game, the, the part where the block thistle thing is, which I forget what it's called. It's like the Oak Woods or Oak, Oak Town or something. Oak, Oakland or something like that? Yeah, is like one of the few places that you actually have to come back to to complete some of the quest, uh, one or two of the quest objectives there. So, some some of the, test, the quest descriptions made me wonder if, okay, that's good. I, but the other places, I think you can complete them all within that area, and that one has one or two that you come back and and fi- finish up later. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a charming game. It's, it's cute. Yeah, it's pleasant. fairly short. It's very pleasant. Like, there's no fail state. You can't die. No. <laughs> like, there's barely any conflict. I think the I think the art style is really nice. It's all black and white. Yeah. It's three D. Like it's it looks isometric when you start, but you can fully pan, rotate the camera, zoom in and out, extremely <laughs> in and out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the can the photograph, uh, the photography is all first person, so you can kind of see the whole world from ground level every time you take a picture. It, it's just it's got a really nice presentation. And this isn't like deep photography mechanics <laughs> or anything. Like you can kind of zoom in and out. You can flip the camera, but that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Yeah, no, like, manual focus or, yeah, or anything. No, I like okay. the, the, the tripod, I thought, when I got the tripod. Oh, oh that yes. Was, that was kind of clever. You can plant your camera and then go be in your own photos. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's cute. There's not too much more to say about it, I think. It's it's a, kind of a fairly short experience, but uh, it was pleasant uh, my way through. It's just extremely chill if you just want to do something chill for a while. For with a couple nice hours. Music and nice music, and it's just got kind of a storybook, children's book, art style kind of thing yeah. going on. My kids also enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed running around in that world. Skatebird. <sighs> Skatebird. I played a little bit of Skatebird and then I stopped playing Skatebird. That's kind of where I ended up with Skatebird. Yeah, I played just about two hours, I would say, of Skatebird. And I, this one's a little bit of a bummer for me. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Uh, this is a indie skateboarding game. You are a bird you have a wide variety mm-hmm. of birds you can choose from, I should say. They've mm-hmm. put so many goddamn birds in this game. Um, and then you're on a skateboard, and there are a few different environments you can kind of skate around. It kind of has the feel of, like, an early Katamari level where you were kind of at the tiny level of a house, you know, skating around on, on environments that, you know, are well-built for skating, despite the fact that they are not, you know, it's just household items. And... <sighs> It just bums me out because it's very cute. There's a there's an aesthetic charm to it. I think the music is good. The skating is just not that good. It it, just, it does not feel right. Like I am by no means an expert on skateboarding games, but I just could not get a feel for the skating controls in a way that felt right. Yeah, it's just the the speed, the way that you're supposed to achieve speed is by building up combo. And, you know, you press forward on the stick and that's it. That's how you kind of move forward. But the way you build up your speed is by do- by doing more tricks and more combos. But nothing moves that quickly. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to, like, rattle off, like, Tony Hawk-style, like, move combos in your head, that just, it just doesn't kind of doesn't work. And I'm not saying it has to feel like Tony Hawk to be good. There are plenty of skateboarding games that feel very different and are, are fully functional. It's just that nothing here is as snappy as it feels like it should be. 
it if they this game feels to me like one of those simulator games so if it like in the goat simulator uh vein if the skateboard simulator would have made more sense it's so loose everything about it is so loose and like I, I actually just like the interactions with the other birds. I thought those were yeah. kind of fun. And, and I, I was I was gonna say if there's one thing I can say about this game that's very positive, it's like the all the bird rendering and animation yeah. is extremely good. Yes. Like the birds, the birds look pretty pretty awesome. And dressing that, up that the birds part. is fun. I enjoy dressing yeah. them in stu- stupid clothes. Yeah, I, I I may have spent more time <laughs> in the bird creator than I did skating. What yeah, kind of bird you I, go with? Um, the sunburst something something is like an orange bird. Okay, mine was like a peach necked love bird. I think. Do you, I assume like the early on when you first start, I think it's kind of all the same bird model or pretty close. It's more just like skins, different colors, but I assume, I assume you're unlocking like actual other species at some point. I mean, I don't know because like the, at some point I got like a, a, like a dwarf owl or something in that creator too, like, which is, you know, fairly different looking than a lot of the other birds, but like, they all seem like they're kind of about the same size. So it might just Mm. be within that range. Skatebird. It's uh. Yeah, maybe go look up some uh, gameplay footage and and some stuff before yeah, yeah. Uh, plunking down on that one. To kind I get of it's very cute, it. and I want to like it more yeah. than I do. It's just I can't quite yeah. get there with it. Yeah, yeah, it's on Game Pass, so That's it's true. pretty low impact. If you have that, if you just want to give it a shot, yeah, give it a shot. I uh, I did not necessarily enjoy the gameplay parts of it uh, and the skateboarding, but uh, cute concept. Yeah, twenty dollars if you're on uh, on PC there. Yeah, uh, anyway, that's where I was playing it. it, and like the PC version runs fine. Again, it's just mm-hmm. it doesn't have a great feel to it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up game wise? We've got, we've got some stuff we'll probably yet. get to next week. That um, Kenna, uh, mm-hmm. what is it? Kenna, Bridge of Spirits? Bridge of Spirits. Uh, that Death Stranding is, is it called the Death Director's Stranding Cut. Director's Cut? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's next. Uh, we'll get to that next week as well. But yeah, this uh, there's also that uh, Eastward game which I have not had a chance to try yet, and I'm kind of kind of curious about. I booted it up. Man, that game has got uh, a look to it, especially in the the kind of animated intro that mm-hmm. that boots up with that game. I ex- I booted it up, played it enough to be excited to want to continue on that, but definitely not enough to talk about it. Yeah, so I, I will continue with Eastward there. But uh, I really like the look of that that intro. I don't know if there's more of that stuff in the game. So eastward, but that's Lost Judgment, Death Loop, T O E M Toem Tome, and Skatebird. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with news, and then uh, after the news segment, you can stick around. We've got an interview uh, with Alex Beecham from Outer Wilds. No spoilers in there. Just kind of talking about uh, some of our, th- our thoughts on. Outer Wilds. And Process. Yeah. Let's say. They've got I'm the not, DLC coming no, out, but we don't yeah, talk so about that. No details about the DLC at all. Yes, that's right. No, 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 no specific, like, we are playing it and are talking about what's in it type right. details. Uh, so we'll be right back in just a moment. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything. 
to find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know it. they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn and we are back and it's time for the news now okay i like it's got a little swing on that one the news you can use okay can you well I don't know. We can. Let's get through this and tell me how much of this news is actually useful to you. Brad Shoemaker, you went out there and scoured for the news. That's right. What what has your net, what, what, have you, what have you caught? Word on the street, speaking of useful news that everybody will have a lot to say about, is that the uh, uh, an upcoming Star Wars game, not necessarily the next upcoming one, but I love Star Wars. is perhaps in development at Quantic Dream. Oh, no. Wow, one great taste that goes great together. I love Star Wars. Let's start there again. 
And then a Quantic Dream Star Wars. Raise your hand if you've enjoyed a Quantic Dream game in the last decade or so. Enjoyed? Okay, is well, such first, a loaded term. I, guess, I thought, okay, okay, this is, you know, Quantic Dream, maker of Detroit's Become Human. Yes. Beyond Two the Souls. An, the Androids Are People game. Yes. Uh-huh. Beyond Two Souls, uh-huh. the... I don't even... I didn't play that game. I don't know what that was about. Willem Dafoe is People game. Sure. Uh-huh. Yes. Very crabby people, but yes. <laughs> heavy Ra- I, I thought Heavy Rain was interesting. I never played yeah. Fahrenheit, which was their kind of like big breakout game. Or Indigo like, Prophecy, as it is also known. Yes, right. Where right. the yes. game where Jason are people, too. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes, yes. That was a pretty, pretty solid early meme, let's say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like heavy they Rain have a kind of game they make. Yeah, mm-hmm. Heavy Rain was interesting because I hadn't seen much like that at that sure. point. Done in that exact way. I feel like they're... Uh, capital has maybe fallen a bit. Their cachet. I wasn't even sure then. they were still operating, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Detroit, Detroit was only three years ago. Well, and so the other thing with this is uh, they reached the end of their exclusivity agreements with Sony. Mm. Yeah, after yeah, Detroit, Heavy Rain Beyond Detroit was a kind of three game deal for them. Yeah, which I, I didn't realize they were actually bound to make those games, but they were. Mm. Uh, and now, according to numerous sources, they have signed a deal with Disney. In fact, that sounds like they're a year and a half in on this game. Yeah. They also have another studio now in Montreal that is at least supporting this, if not, like, leading development. Yeah, I didn't realize that, actually. They, they, their main studio, obviously, has always been in France, but sounds like they've been poaching. I mean, there is a ton of uh, game development talent in Montreal. Oh, yeah. It sounds like they've been poaching a good bit of it. Mm. So, like, if you if you ask yourself, like, how does Quantic Dream's house style translate into a Star Wars game, maybe it doesn't. Maybe they are just hiring up people to make a different kind of game. Well, it yeah, says think, in the story, I think, that it's supposed to be a little bit more of an action-oriented thing, and that yeah, is maybe is, actually where they're running into a little trouble, because yes, their their house engine is not really built for that. Yes, this, this Kotaku story has a decent amount of reporting about what's going on with that. And yeah, it sounds like not only are their engine and tools not well-suited for a more action-oriented game, it sounds like there's maybe some internal strife about whether they should even be doing that <laughs> versus sticking to their core competency. And this competency is, still- is really, you, you're, again, know. we're stretching terms here a little bit beyond maybe what they're, they're known for. I know. I mean, you know, pretty, uh, pretty rough time with Quantic Dream. The last few years, they've had multiple... The allegations of harassment and so forth. Toxic yeah. workplace. And, I, and I thought they'd kind of just gone quiet. I, there, was, there was also a bit of like NetEase had put some money in, but it's not disclosed, right? I think we, we were talking about I think so, yeah. the podcast, but I thought they had just gone dark and I thought we wouldn't hear from them. Maybe in, maybe yes. they'd make a mobile game or something here or, or pop up somewhere else, but uh, well, was, they've been so busy suing newspapers in France for libel <laughs> right. and then getting those suits tossed out. Uh, you know, yeah. where, where's the time to make a game in there? Where indeed. And to get the star, get the star Wars license is, I mean, you say that, but the star Wars license is getting around now. Like Ubisoft is making one. There's a, seemingly other star Wars stuff in development. Like they're looking to get those games made wherever they can now. God, I forgot. I forgot about the Ubisoft thing. What was the gist of that? Is Open that world action game. That's kind of it. It's, it's massive, right? I think the, so. The division developer? I believe so. Is the one making it? Right. I totally forgot about that. So uh, not, not necessarily levels of Warhammer. Everyone gets a license when they uh, breathe. But uh, the license definitely getting out beyond EA at this point. You got to spend oh, a yeah, little more sense. money to get that Star Wars license. <laughs> I think that the Warhammer one. 
Uh-huh. Uh, it's, you know, those EA years, not necessarily the kindest to the Star Wars license. No. Right? Like no. Jedi Fallen Order was was quite good, I thought. Maybe prolific. kind of came and went. With, with some issues, but yes, the, the Battlefront stuff. Oof. Prolific, but not profound, maybe. No. They, uh, mm. they put out some games. So this is, this is still, this is, this is considered um, uh, rumor, but, but. But kind of confirmed rumor is that is yeah that it's been is? it's been this has been uh, corroborated by enough different sources that it seems pretty solid at this point. Okay, the question also, is whether like, does it ever actually get out of the stage where they can show it because you know yeah. you can work on a thing for a year or two and then have it go nowhere. But I just man, I just with everything like their games have not really hit critically for a while and all the kind of tumult inside the studio. I just I don't know. I mean, you say all that, but like as far as what? I know, Detroit sold fairly well. Like yeah, it probably did. I mean, you know, it had that first-party Sony marketing money behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but uh, cra- yeah, what, what are they going to get that same push on their own? I mean, I would assume with a Star Wars on the box, probably, but still, I don't. Maybe, maybe I know, and there's no maybe about it. I definitely spend too much time on Game Critic Twitter, <laughs> and that's probably colored by perception of Quantic Dream quite a bit. Yeah, they still but, have their fans, absolutely. But they, but they definitely, their last couple of games have not been super well received in some circles. So I don't know. You could just draw a circle around my head in this call. What? That's the circle. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's not. I mean, you're not the only one. No, I know. But anyway, somebody at Disney thought there was something to this. So here we are. Interesting. All right. Well, I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what I would. Fucking no idea. No idea what that is or what I would want it to be or even if I want it at all. Probably not. Press X I, to make Luke scream, no! Yeah. Okay. Sure. If it was just a retelling of the original trilogy in the Quantic Dream style, Ugh. that would be so ridiculous I would give it uh, a look. But like maybe as like a, maybe as like a, a no-name stormtrooper. That's what, like all the events sure. happening, but just kind of you're just you're just like fodder on the Death Star. Uh, you're the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of <laughs> the stormtroopers. You're just there at all the pivotal moments, but you know, mm-hmm. not really involved. At some point near the end, when uh, Darth Vader gets in his little his little ship to go take down Luke, you just run around pushing X to say Vader, 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 Vader. Hey Vader, <laughs> Vader. <laughs> Wait, do you think any stormtrooper gets away with just calling him Vader? Not I mean, very in, the long. Last, in the last moments of the Death Star, probably. Oh, sure, like, sure. At that point, yes, yes. Just, uh, just, and then it just goes boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then just, then just boom. You probably say anything you want at that point. All right. Uh, what else do we got going on? That's 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 kind of shocking and weird. I guess let's move into <laughs> less shocking. Sadly, less shocking, maybe? This is still fairly shocking to me for some reasons. What you got? This is, I have in the show notes, I have affectionately dubbed this the (laughs) Blizzard Block. Here we go. But there's really just one focal point around which all of this uh, revolves, which is that apparently the United States federal government decided that they weren't going to let California get in all of the investigating Activision Blizzard action on their own. Because the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which again is part of the federal government, has now launched its own, what is described as wide-ranging investigation of Activision Blizzard. They have subpoenaed Bobby Bobby Kotick and his communications with other executives of the company. Uh, They have subpoenaed minutes from executive meetings. And, you know, we don't know exactly what all that stuff is going to reveal. Mm. But... Draw your conclusions. It you have to fuck up real bad 
to go from a sexual harassment lawsuit to the federal money cops coming after you. Yes. Well, yeah, when I saw it was the SEC originally, I was like, okay, they have screwed up some financial disclosures because really corporations only get <laughs> investigated for inconveniencing rich people, right? But the gist of this does seem to be around the harassment and discrimination stuff and their potential covering up of it. Uh, you know, again, we don't know until some of this stuff comes out. But there have been some what? pretty wild allegations about destroying evidence, like, mm-hmm. you know, just all kinds of man- uh, like actions meant to obfuscate what was actually happening there. It's just kind of, I don't know, just, it's kind of my, my dumbfoundedness from a few episodes ago when I was like, dude, a state government, the <laughs> biggest state in the country's government is investigating Activision Blizzard. Holy shit. Like, this is like just ratcheting that up even more. It's like, dude, the federal government is now going after them. At I some wonder- point, the Attorney General of the United States is going to say the words Activision Blizzard out loud during a fucking conference, and it's just, it's all over at that point. Or yeah. like, God comes down and is like, you yeah. know, I'm looking into something, some shit went down at Activision Blizzard too. I'm on this train as well. You, th- yeah. you, th- you think someone runs around slamming laptops closed in the PR departments as they find out they're also being investigated by this? Nobody just, nobody respond. Just... Just no, everybody sit on your hands and give me just, like 10 just, minutes. Just don't move a muscle. Just, just nobody say shit for a second, please. They can't, they can't prove that we deleted the stuff. We're good. Is if everybody- I'm the PR department there, I have given up straight up. <laughs> there's there's I mean, nothing you can do. Yeah. I mean, there are some, there are some footnotes here that have, uh, that have also happened since last week, yeah. which is like, for example, like their, their chief legal officer left on Friday. Yes. That's the guy you uh, don't want to leave during yeah. all this. Yes, it's a, it's a lady, but yes, she I, she posted a message about her leaving that was just sort of like, I'm going to take a break before my next thing. Stay tuned. So it's like, Oof, boy, that's not a place you want to be in the legal department right now. Uh, the executive producer of Overwatch 2 also left mm-hmm. in and, the last few days. And that's the person that replaced Jeff Kaplan, right? No, Kaplan was the director, right? Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. I believe right. that was the case. Also, I mean, you know, this is typical spin, probably, but like the messaging around that was like, oh, the game's in the home stretch. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it was good. Been in, in the home anyway. stretch for a while now. Yes. I mean, if something were in a home stretch and you were at you were in those positions too, it might be like ah, shoot. Out. I think a sinkhole just opened up underneath <laughs> your home. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, that stretch is quite. You're gonna pull something in that stretch. Yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the biggest bellwether about all this stuff to me is that uh, the head of, or the, I think it was the creative director on the Diablo two reboot at Vicarious Visions. Talk to Axios and straight up was just like, hey, hey, do what you feel is right regarding whether you buy Diablo 2 or not. To the fans, addressing yeah. the fans. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or that was kind of the, yeah. that was his response to them about saying, like, hey, what do you say to people? Yeah. Like, what, what would you say to people who have concerns about the, on, the ongoing issues at Activision Blizzard? And like, when a creative lead at one of your developers is being allowed to go out there and say, like, hey, maybe don't buy our game if you don't want it to yeah. in a publicly traded company. That really says it all about how bad things are. I mean, the thing there, you know, and you hear this a lot with developers, is that even in these toxic workplace environments, they don't necessarily call for boycotts because there right. are a lot of people who were on the ground doing the grunt work on these things that maybe potentially have bonuses and other financial things where they just straight up can't say, don't buy our game because that actually fucks us worse. Yeah, or sure. where the size of that studio might scale or, or, yeah. or shrink or grow based on the sales of the previous thing. So like, this yeah, to me good. is as far as a person in that right. position can go to say something along those lines. Right. Yes. Well, like, who knows? He, he may very well have bonuses on the line yeah. based on sales, but like, it's, it's very clear that a lot of people have got significant 
inner turmoil about whether to continue giving this company money. I do too. Sure. Like, I mean, there are games of theirs that I enjoy. I was at one time looking forward to Overwatch 2. At this point, I frankly could not give less of a fuck. Like, if I never play that game, that's fine. I'll, I'll live with it. The other thing that is uh, uh, kind of you touched on, Brad and, and Alex, I mean, you mentioned it as well. As as the scope of this grows from state, you know, it, it it bleeds outside of the game industry news at some point. You know, most of the people who are playing Overwatch out there probably don't care or won't. Yeah, see they a have lot of this they news. have barely noticed any of this. But at some point, this stuff bleeds out so much when the federal government is doing it, and you know, it it all you have to hear is somebody suing Activision, not even know the details. A lot of this news we we kind of keep in our bubble. But when it gets this big, it definitely starts bleeding out. I mean, I, I saw at least a couple of New York Times stories about this yes. pop yeah. up. Yes, it's in all the financial and like kind of quote unquote serious news and press out there. Yeah, at this point. So, you know, like Kodak being targeted directly by this investigation is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I again, that guy just got like a two hundred million dollar bonus or something from the board like a year ago. It's been yeah, it, like it's I, been a year. Yeah, like Alex was Alex was saying, like you know, there's. Before we start recording, like there's, you know, there's probably a world in which Bobby Kotick does not retain his position there. Yeah. At, by, by the end of this thing, if, if things get bad, if, if enough bad stuff comes out. I mean, they've already had some investor revolt, right? Lawsuits from investors for mm-hmm. mis- misleading. They were misled. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot on that docket right now. Uh, yeah. And I guess it goes without saying that, you know, the employees there that, you know, we, we hope the best for the ones that are just trying to get their paycheck and do their work. and survive in that environment or or do their work in that environment uh so best of luck it's, to it's got to be a nightmare there. but at the same time at the very least the thing no one wanted to happen which was all this stuff getting swept under the rug seems like it is not happening like right. it is escalating yes. totally mm-hmm. like if anything like these investigations like hopefully will have a chilling effect on executive malfeasance at other major cor- uh, publishers right it would be nice like, for some like accountability you would hope you would hope like leadership at all the other companies sees this and goes like, hey, we really need to have our shit together. This is not, yeah, it's not the right reason for them to do that, but it is a reason. Yeah, some some something something that says, uh, you know, there are reasons there are reasons big companies like this, especially in the gaming industry, can get away with these things. Let's try and address those to either grant more power when these things happen and have been called out over the years for accountability, or look into maybe not uh, having unfettered. Uh, or like license to do whatever we want more. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I hope so. I hope, I hope this ends with some guardrails in place that prevent yeah, stuff in, like this in, institutional change. Yeah. The, the blizzard block now. does not end here. I'm sure. Well, yeah, if you need no, to block no, blizzard definitely. by all means, go, go ahead and do so. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, let's just whatever. <laughs> Whatever, whatever you need to do but i mean like it's i mean it's it's interesting that they wind up taking up all of the big corporate kind of billionaire news out of this cycle right like this is obviously yeah it's right. no one else no room no room for other video game tech billionaires to show their ass yes <laughs> ah you know, well you know whatever i mean this is just a, a little addendum to last week's story the, the video game business minute is not over just yet <laughs> mm-hmm. but give me the bitch came down this morning Tim Sweeney posted this himself uh, of Epic on his Twitter account that Apple has essentially said they are not going to allow Fortnite back onto the iOS app store for as long as the entire appeals process of the judgment that came down a week or two ago plays out, which granted he's kind of grandstanding on his Twitter account, but by his reckoning, he said that could be as much as five years from now. Mm. So uh, I'm surprised they're trying it all. 
Like as long as as long as that judgment is still hanging in the air and is not absolutely one hundred percent put to get to put to bed, Fortnite will not be back on the App Store. So, like, and that's a big was, chunk of that Fortnite revenue, right? Like that is a significant portion. So. I I have no idea what the breakdown is, but I have to imagine mobile is like gigantic. Like I know yeah. I know like like PUBG mobile is huge. Like, yeah. Like crusty old mouse and keyboard types like myself cannot understand <laughs> how you want to play a game like that on a phone, but like a, a bajillion people do. Like that's that's yeah, and a huge portion of that audience is in Asia, like China, Japan, like Korea. Yeah. Like the, that mobile gaming is a serious fucking thing there, and yeah. like those games in particular, I believe are are hugely popular in that yeah, format. Like, like mobile first person shooters, in fact, in yeah. particular, I think Call of Duty Mobile is even quite big, but. Uh, like, what does Fortnite even look like five years from now? Like, nothing is the biggest thing in the world forever, right? Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, like, Minecraft has had an unbelievable staying power, so maybe maybe Fortnite still is gigantic in five years, but this is still a pretty big kind of blow to them. They they gambled and lost. Yeah. They really, I just, man, I think back on all the free Fortnite shit, like how orchestrated this whole thing was as a PR campaign, you know? And like, I was just like, oh boy, I don't know if was this really worth it. It was orchestrated, but also incredibly discordant. Like they've clearly put a lot of effort into what they were going to pitch, but the pitch was so bad that it just never really took off. You know, like they never really got that groundswell of support behind them that they were looking for. Well, I mean, I think because the Flashpoint was then like willfully, you know, violating the terms of the agreement that yeah. they entered into. It was like, I think a lot of people found it kind of hard to feel sorry for them. I think uh, the most interesting thing to me out of all of this is that we have found out definitively that Tim Sweeney has a uh, tech billionaire posters disease. Dude has so <laughs> yeah. much fucking money I, and he cannot well, stop talking. Well, yeah, but he was definitely that guy before he became a billionaire. I know. He just put a big spotlight on it for me in a way that for, it had yes, not he, before. He definitely gets more attention now because of it. But there is also just a there is very much just an opinionated tech guy streak. There's something going on there. Like that Twitter feed, it, like I guess currently it is just him posting letters from lawyers uh, going back and forth. But uh, it's like I was trying to scroll through it to uh, find some previous things he had posted because I, I, I'm pretty sure he had posted. We're not going back on the App Store until Apple allows us to offer these, you know, the things we wanted. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, was kind of getting out in there and be like, Apple lied. They said they would uh, they would abide by these terms. But the thing I was trying to find was, did they ban, I think they banned Epic's developer account. So does that mean any Epic thing that wants to, not just Fortnite, any Epic thing that wants to go in the App Store can no longer? But what else that's, is there? I don't yeah, know. Like I don't know. For now, for now, they're so all in on Fortnite. That's kind of a, you know, six of one, half a dozen of another, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess like, I, they I, tried. I don't know. You know, they tried. They had Unreal Tournament going for a while. They had Paragon going, but they killed all of that stuff when Fortnite exploded, so. Yeah, that's, I don't no, know, man. No no Radiohead audio-visual experience on the App Store. <sighs> it's, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the titans of industry. At it again. Yes. Yes. And wow. the world shakes. Uh-huh, yes. Speaking of titans. Yes. <sighs> yes? God damn it. Uh, Corey Barlog mm-hmm. got out there. I'm I'm kind of just I threw this in here just to kind of see what you guys thought mm-hmm. of this. He talked to uh, Captain Kuba on YouTube uh-huh. about about the uh, the second God of War Ragnarok, and I don't know if he had said this before or if this was the first place this information emerged, but this is the end of this storyline. This second game. 
that's it for the Norse stuff. That's it for this. I guess it's not a reboot, right? It is technically a continuation of those old games, but it kind of felt like a reboot. Uh, they, you know, it's his history still exists, but they more yeah. or less just plucked him, put him in a new universe and said, okay, now you have a new story. Go. And a completely different kind of gameplay as yeah. well, right? Like, I think that's a big part of it is like, it just, it looks and feels like a very different series, even mm. though his, like the continuity is technically still in existence. Um, yeah. Anyway, he basically he basically was just like he was like, hey, these games, the first one took five years to make. Subsequent ones are going to take at least that long. Like, I don't want to devote, or you know, I don't want this trilogy to take fifteen plus years. Right. Yeah. Like we we're going to wrap this up in the next one. I think that's great. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one too. Yeah, I think, I, I think so. I think, I think that is. Don't we are don't s- pad it out. We don't need to. We don't have so- to make a thing a trilogy. Like, media as a whole is so locked in on this idea of the trilogy or quadrilogy, or just there has or to be what? this long tail for this stuff. Dude, I, I, think it, I think it's way worse than that at this point. I think we're, like, we're in the era of the forever franchise now, yeah, right? The, like, the like platform. Marvel, Marvel will never stop. No. <laughs> Star Wars will never stop. No. Like, any of these, you know, they try it with everything. They try it with absolutely everything. Like, some of it hits and some of it doesn't, you know? But, like... Even even franchises that are as like crusty and played out as like Terminator, you know, like they still keep trying to make it happen. And every like, once in a while, there's a little spark there that makes you think, okay, there's something here. But then they inevitably go and they fuck it up again. And I wasn't the biggest God of War 2018 fan. I think there's some cool stuff in that game, but it didn't hit for me super well. Kinda, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at too. I respect it. I especially respect the ambition of how much they changed. Yeah, and also trying like, to make Kratos play in this decade. Like, it's totally. he's such pull, a bygone relic of a particular era of gaming. Right. Like, he, he's literally like the he's like attitude era of the video game character. Absolutely. Like the original version of Kratos is just like New World Order and Monster Energy and... <laughs> What, you know, rolled up into a video game. A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I don't think they got a hundred percent of the way there, but they did a lot of good work to make that character much more agreeable in this time. And I'm I'm fine with them continuing that story. And I'm not necessarily saying they should never make another God of War game, though. I don't need them to. But if they do another one, I would love it if they just found another thing to do with him. Something different. That's great. Why not? Yeah. Or there's always, I mean, you know, this is like they basically say this is, you know, the core of this, these two games is a father and son story. Like there's always the chance that he passes the torch. That's right. Little God of War. At the end of this next one or something along those lines. I don't know. God of, God of junior high. Uh, Mm -hmm. Something. That's Lost Judgment. I (laughs) like, oh man. I like, I like the, the, the 2018 uh, game quite a bit. And I'm also very glad that they're not going to, force it into a trilogy i mean where do you go from ragnarok anyway like nobody wants to play post ragnarok so it makes it makes sense don't don't stretch them out that's the worst thing games can do or media can do like i think the lord of the ring trilogy great Hobbit movies hobbit movies i think i saw those once i think i think i watched i'm surprised you watched all three of them i I couldn't get more than halfway through the second one oh i I didn't i didn't even bother with the second one (laughs) oh wow i I watched the first one and i was like all right okay i see i see what this is what a sad what a sad thing so yeah i hope i hope they get what they need to get out of ragnarok i don't want it to be padded like just put put all the good stuff in it and uh, make it the best game i i have i have long had the utmost respect for people who just know when to end things yeah who who know when enough is enough or when they have no more to say yeah and you know i i think they kind of i think this is a necessary game because of the way the the previous one ended so it is it is kind of a necessary one but you don't have to make it you don't have to make it there again so uh so yeah i'm um good on them i hey maybe 
Sony Santa Monica might want to make a different game one day. Yeah, and this one is um this is the one they switched. So Corey's not directing this one. It's uh, no, no, he's still a creative sounds, lead. Sounds, I think sounds like sounds like he's in some kind of supervisory role, but he's not hands on director. Yeah, right. Um, it was that very genial interview. normal guy that yes. was on that Sony yeah, stream Eric, that's directing um, it. Eric, uh, gosh, what is his uh, name? Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, reading about this interview and reading up on the game a little bit more, I don't real. I didn't realize how much it's like. I guess how would I put it? Like building on the previous game. Mm-hmm. Like this quote. This quote in this video game's chronicle story. Players will be able to visit all the nine realms in Ragnarok as opposed to six in the previous game. Uh, they rattle off some some of those new areas or the three new areas which were unreachable in the 2018 title. Locations from the last game will also have new areas to visit. Oh, okay. wild. Like, that's the part that stood out to me of, like, I wonder if, or, like, are they going to bring that general structure and, like, that hub area and all that stuff back? I, I oh. would imagine you spent all that time designing that game a certain way. You wouldn't just throw that away. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I bet there'll be less revisiting some of the old areas because some of those places in true Indiana Jones and God of War fashion are destroyed now. So yeah, I, sure. I, I, bet, I bet you're just going yeah, in. Yeah, that's fair. But even if you go there, I bet it just looks different now. Yeah, yeah. I bet you're just teleporting into different different areas of that art design because each each world had its own kind of art design in it. So I, I think, you know, they're the realms and they had different spots. That's, yeah, yeah neat. Good on them. I wonder... um when when he, when he laid it out in that way, when I was reading the article of like, you know, we could be at this for 15 plus years also made me think like, that's, that's a good chunk of career. If you are like, you know, on one of these games or something and it's like, well, what have you, what have you worked on? God of war for my whole, like 15 years of my career. And Corey like, Barlaw a- can say that already. Like he's already had a big chunk of his career yeah. dedicated to God of war in general. So I wonder yeah, if I mean, at some point Corey's like, Let's, this is it, man. Come on. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to make that even more pointed, like he straight up says, and they're like, hey, I wanted to finish this series <laughs> before my kid goes to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. So I, I would also like to see what that's, you know, what the, that team can do uh, yeah. that's not in this space, because I did enjoy that game quite a bit. Maybe they, they will be next to get the Disney uh uh star wars slash marvel license i mean they already yeah. made a thor game so let's, or, you know uh, there's a lot of other sony ips out there to mine you know maybe it's time for sweet tooth to get his father son <laughs> sentimental journey there you go never been a better time for uh, uh god sweet the tooth. sad mournful twisted metal road trip game that sounds amazing i don't man <laughs> that own, sounds amazing own, might be onto something here is it do you have to bring jaffe back for that no, uh, I'm gonna say probably <laughs> no. Not. Okay, that's uh, yeah. Maybe, Let me maybe give you the most emphatic no I have ever given to anything. No, maybe that's maybe that's the question where then somebody erases the whiteboard and is like, you know what, you know what, um, what about Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> what, what, let's, let's go back to that one. Uh, so yeah. Oh God, I know. I just remembered why I had Twisted Metal on the brain. Yes. Because I just found out a few days ago they're making a live-action Twisted Metal TV series. Yes, I did see that. And it was back in the news because they cast Anthony Mackie in it. Okay. Oh, wild. But also fucking a Twisted Metal TV series? Like, whatever. What? Okay. Who's who's, who's making it? Um, I believe the writers of Deadpool are involved. No, I mean, which studio? Which? which oh, it's uh, Sony TV. Sony, Sony Television. Okay. That explains and, a little and play, bit. Oh, and PlayStation Productions. I forgot that there is like a production label 
for PlayStation properties and other entertainment. Got right? it. That's right. I don't really have any twisted. I know twisted metal is beloved by many. I don't really have a much. I was out of the PlayStation loop at that point. Uh, is there much like narrative there? Is there story there? Not so much. Not I that I remember. No. Not not that it's worth taking seriously for sure. So maybe that's just in that universe. Like maybe it's uh. Well, maybe, it has uh, to be because there's like I said, there's not there's no rich text to pull from from this. Like it's just hey, check it out. Here's some dumbass people and some dumbass cars. Go nuts. Maybe if they do fake reality show with all the the people who are in the thing trying to win the twisted metal championship like uh you know they like they do shaky cam footage of them trying to build their ice cream uh truck thing and like no it's got to have it's got to be an ice cream truck i mean they make it you like know? a running man thing i you could do something i guess but you know yeah you can you can make anything not ridiculous i guess if you're, if you're creative enough <laughs> like was the death race license too fucking expensive what are we doing yeah, here but, yeah but i mean you're really starting from behind with twisted metalists <laughs> i mean at least uh, they didn't go with vigilante 8 I wonder if that means they they'll they will put out a twisted metal video game to coincide with that at some point or mm. some kind of remaster or remake if you will. Hmm. Um Brad there's, there's one oh, more story on here. I I threw one more in there's here. There's one more I story which is like makes me I feel, feel bad. This. Like I feel I feel good and bad. Let's feel bad this. together. Okay. There's something uplifting about it at the same time. Okay. Uh, Yuji Naka, creator, co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, who recently provided or presided, excuse me, over the extremely well-received Battle in Wonderworld. <laughs> uh, he's gone indie, like indie-indie, as in he is making his own video game by himself now. Yeah. Mobile uh, thing, He tweeted right? about it. Yeah. I've recently started learning how to, so he, he left Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you remember some of the dire comments he made around Battle in Wonderworld of like, hey, this was my last shot to make a character platformer. <laughs> And that's the one they made. And sure enough, he departed Square Enix shortly after. Remember what we said about uh, people knowing when they've run out of things to do and say? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of that's kind of the thing, though. Here's what here's what he said. Mm-hmm. He just turned 56, by the way. He said, I've recently started learning how to program again, and I'm working on a simple game for smartphones with Unity. I'm making it by myself, so it's not much, but I'm enjoying programming it. I hope you'll be able to play with the app when it's available. See, that sounds yeah. great. Like, yeah. kind of, yes. If he is in a position to be able to do that, part of that sounds amazing. <laughs> like, but then but the, again, you, you the, have to be in a position where you can afford to just take some time and there's this focus on that stuff. But there's, there's something kind of cool and grassroots or getting back to your roots about it as much as, like, this is probably has not been the best year for Yuji Naka. Yeah. Like, that's... Like the, I don't know, like the picture that is in this video game chronicle uh, story of him in the hat in like the the Battle and Wonder, Wonder World, you know, Battle and Wonder yeah, World Battle hat Wonder World. with a little like uh, a scarf on, and just then you reading like I'm learning how to code again. I'm making this game by myself. Hope you can play it. There's something like a little like yeah, go lead your best life. Go go it's, do this thing. But, yes, but also. There's, there's, there's both, there's both go get back to your roots and do what you enjoy to this. And also a little bit of washed up detective agency, mm-hmm. a little grabbing, uh, being in your singlet, grabbing the colander off the wall, putting it on your head and storming out the door with your bindle on uh vibe I got. And, uh, that's, uh, yeah. But you know, at the same time, like, 
Colin Wonderworld's biggest problem was that it was a game with, like, too many ideas and almost none of them were good. Whereas it, there's something to be said for maybe stripping away a bunch of that shit and just kind of getting back to your roots and just making something on your own within the limited skill set that you have on your own and just kind of rediscovering what it is you like about making games and what you want to make and put out into the world. I think there is something totally. genuinely uplifting about that. Yes, that is absolutely the uplifting quality of this to me. It's a shame but. that, you know, like, it's a shame that it had to, he had to run into that brick wall to get there. But, you know, they say it is always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do say that. It's true. It's true. Uh, I hope this game kills. Whatever it is, <laughs> I, I hope it's like, hey, amazing. You know what? You know what? I, I will take, rather than kicking somebody when they're down, I will take a comeback story any day of the Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Yeah. I have nothing I against Yuji Naka. Yeah, I hope I hope this one is like amazing, and it's like, you know, this is it. This is this is what all that creative juice was just being kind of held up in something, uh, and maybe Balan wasn't it, but this is the one. This is the small app is the thing. Uh, is that the news? That's it. That's the news. Well, I've got some news. Oh, Brad, we did an interview we with did. with Alex Beecham. Uh, of outer wild uh, uh, fame here uh, and we uh, we recorded it and it's about 15 minutes long no spoilers mm-hmm. yes it is, it is about well it's tangentially about echoes of the eye the new DLC they have coming out next week for outer wilds but yeah. it's not it's not about the content of it that's right they, it, was, it was an yeah, opportunity for yet. us to kind of ask some questions as so, fans of the game uh, about the making of the game yeah, there are no, no spoilers about the new DLC, but but he does talk uh, at length about, you know, lessons they took from making the, the original game and how they applied those to this DLC and stuff like that. So, yeah. So so thanks, uh, Alex Beecham, for your time. And here is that interview. Vinny, we are extremely fortunate today. Do you know why? Oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I'm alive. It's beautiful. It's like, you know, sun is shining. Yes. There's a lot of the birds in the sky. It's, I mean, yes. what else could you ask for Brad Shoemaker? Well, you know, if I was really reaching. If I had any wish, uh-huh. if there was any, is there, if there was any creative director for a game that I could talk to uh-huh. right now, it might actually be Alex Beecham, creative director of outer wilds. Who was joining us right now. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. So, you know, we don't we don't have you here for just anything as much as we are gigantic Outer Wilds fans around here. Uh, there is an occasion here, which is that you folks are shipping a DLC next week. So I hear. <laughs> <laughs> How has that been going? Uh, it's, go- it's going well. It's uh, we're all really the whole team super excited. Um, we're working on it really hard for uh, uh, maybe maybe longer than we expected. <laughs> OK, so that, that actually kind of touches on my, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, which is like, OK, Outer Wilds, very unconventional structure. Mm-hmm. Very definitive ending, right? Like more than most games, that game really ends, right? It Has a cut, cut, yes. cut off. So did you and the team come out of that experience already knowing you were going to want to add on to that experience and expand it out given the way the game is structured? Or is this something that came about after the game was out there and you were getting feedback and that sort of thing? We started thinking about what we might do for, uh, at the time, just a deal, like a some sort of DLC for Outer Wilds. Um, we started thinking about I forget exactly when it was. It was it was towards the end of development, but it was before we released the game. Um, and I know that because we were, as you said, Outer Wilds comes to a very definite conclusion 
Um, and the story that we've crafted is extremely, there's a lot of interlocking pieces um, that took a very long time to get them to interlock as tightly as they do. And we were, of course, very hesitant to do anything that might upset that balance. Um, but we did come up with an idea that we were into um, and that we actually felt like we were like, okay, we're going to, we want to do this because we feel like doing it, not because it's a, you know, not, not just because we want it, just because for the sake of DLC, so to speak. Um, and so, right, I, I remember right as we were locking things, we actually, I won't spoil anything. We actually went into the base game before we were released on any platform. This wasn't a patch. This was like the original release. And we made some very minor writing tweaks to a couple of um, pieces of text to leave open uh, a question that the dlc answers interesting i really love open-ended games it's, it's why uh this one's one of my favorites uh the the lack of hand holding in it is kind of amazing the sense of exploration is amazing i would bet that is a nightmare to develop for in terms of balancing how much you want to lead a player around and how much you want to give them a sense of discovery how, like how did you find balancing that throughout the course of development of like no we need to signpost this way more nobody's ever going to find this thing no they're going to find it just have faith in the player that is a good question i i think at mobius we we play test a whole ton it's the only is the the short answer i guess is you just put it in front of enough players i feel like we almost always it was very important to us with outer wilds um to kind of achieve the feelings you're talking about we wanted like one of the whole reasons we made it is we wanted to make something where players are exploring because they want to, because they're curious, because they feel like they're they're discovering and putting together clues for themselves. It's not the game kind of laying out this trail of breadcrumbs or this very obvious, hey, you should go over here. Um, and because that was something that we really wanted to do, I think we always erred on the side of not giving players enough to go on. Like I struggle it, it, it no, that's not true. There have been a few times where like, like maybe the ship log entry was a little too, like a little too leading where players would read it and be like, I learned that. And we were like, oh no, <laughs> um, pull it back. Um, but for the most part, we would always, we would always not give them enough. And so it was a constant case of like, okay, well, this is how players react to this. What can we do without straight up telling them what to do? Because that, that was just a rule we had. You're just, we're never allowed to just tell people what to do. Um, what can we do in these different situations to sort of make them connect two and two? Uh, and the whole game, I think, was just gradually massaging those all of those connections. Well, like when you're playtesting that, do you have like one of those uh, uh, men in black rooms where, or like a stick where you wipe people's memory to be like, okay, forget everything you saw. Now see if you can now see if you can solve this puzzle. Wait, do you have one of those? Because we would we would take it off your hands for that sounds I did, great but i forgot i forgot where it is yeah <laughs> you gotta you really gotta watch where you point that thing <laughs> <laughs> that's right use it in front of a mirror when i was taking some selfies and that's the end of it uh it seems super hard to have the same play testers test their first reaction to something it is and in the back of our heads we kind of always know that just our mere presence during these play tests has an influence on how they play and so mm. for as much as like we're pretty happy with like where the dlc ended up for example like we won't know for sure until it's like out there in the wild um because people mm -hmm. just play differently when they're not in a room knowing that the developers are watching them um but so we, we play test with a ton of people because um yeah once they've play tested that's they know too much um but a lot of them were uh, uh lovely enough to come back many times um and and which becomes its own sort of interesting problem because then you'll have someone who played at the very beginning of development and now we've changed 
a lot potentially, and they're coming back months later. And it's sort of, we can't tell them, ex we, we can allude to what we changed, but we don't want to mm -hmm. straight up tell them what it is. And so they're like, am I losing my mind? Like, is this, was this door <laughs> here? Like what? <laughs> so, um, we just kind of, uh, I, I guess, try to fill in the gaps. We try to play test with enough different types of people that we can kind of see what the trends are. Obviously, there's only so much internal playtesting you can do just for logistical reasons, right? But like once the game got out there in the wider world and like, you know, speedrunners were getting their hands on it and like just, you know, tons and tons more people than you could bring into the studio. Were th was there anything that surprised you and the team about the way people were engaging with the game? And did you take any any lessons from those surprises in, into the design of this DLC? Yes. Um, specifically, we were very dead set on not having another Ash Twin Project puzzle in our hands. <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> that makes me feel a little bit better because that was the one puzzle in that game that I had to seek out some help for. We, we patched the hell out of it. Um, specifically, we, we, we combed through a lot of Twitch streams and a lot of Reddit posts. And because it was too late to do any real serious playtesting on it. Because you have to have someone play the entire game to get to that point practically for most of the time. Um, but it's tricky because um, for that one in particular, because we, we, we didn't want to like make it worse by accident. Um, we changed the clues pretty substantially. We actually even changed some geometry. The real solution would be to like just redesign it from scratch to a certain extent with the knowledge we have now. But um, that technology, as far as I know, does not exist. Machine learning will get there sooner. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, so kind of just, I don't want to say sand the rough edges down, but sort of make the discovery process a little more natural and not have not have any like kind of unexpected brick walls for people to run into. Is that the is that kind of the idea there? Yeah. Well, and so specifically, I guess, if we're talking the, like the DLC that we've been working on for, for a while now, um, because it is a more focused subset of sort of like, it's almost like a microcosm of the rest of the game in some ways. Um, but because there's like less like physical space there, um, it became more important for us to we play tested it more uh, than the base game. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know by how much, but um, and it's mostly because because it becomes more important that nothing have but that everything is like uh, flowing smoothly and there aren't any major sticking points. Because in the base game, until you get to the end, if you do run into trouble, um, you can always go somewhere else. And that's just way less of an option when we tried to make the DLC not like this super like linear hallway. And it's not. But um, you hit that point much faster. Um, and so we, and then also because, um, the method of storytelling we're using, um, is somewhat different from the base game, um, that also, uh, added a lot of design challenge. We, we had to play test all that a lot more than we had to play test the text. Do you at some point become a victim of your own success with, you know, like, I love this game. I know Brad loves this game and the pressure to be like, no, it's not outer wilds enough. It needs to, <laughs> the, the, the thing that we're making is now a thing. Like if you even beyond the DLC, do you feel like there's this expectation that you have a style now that it has to fit into this uh, type of gameplay mechanic or, or the stuff like you changed the thing and people are now going to like, you're locked in a little bit. I don't think we feel any pressure. I, I've actually seen a lot of people. Um, I know there are people who understandably have mixed feelings that we did a DLC at all. And they're like, I wish Mobius would just do something completely different. Um, and part of it's like, well, we're doing a DLC. Um, but then the other part of it's, it's actually, it's like, oh, it's, that's great. That, uh, I, I think, I think the types of players that Outer Wilds appealed to want something new anyway. Um, 
and I, I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn for like the studio, but like, I, I don't think we have, like, I don't think we're going to feel particularly constrained in what we do next. Um, without saying too, I mean, even with the DLC, um, we, we kind of just went for it. Uh, and there's some stuff in there that is very different than anything else in Outer Wilds. I have to ask a question. <laughs> this, this is maybe a little obvious, but a lot of other time loop games out there all of a sudden lately. I don't know if you've taken note of that trend. I mean, you know, obviously games take forever to make. Like, and, you know, we can't sit here and say like, oh, everybody saw Outer Wilds and just decided to do that. But, but do you feel a little like a trendsetter? Have you played, have you played, you know, Deathloop, 12 Minutes, for The Forgotten City? Like there's a lot of these in a short period of time. Do you have any thoughts on this as a maybe an emerging genre of sorts? So I've not played any of the recent ones. I, I, I really... I, I want to, um, but I've not had, maybe I'll have the chance now. Um, <laughs> the, I know when we released, um, we came out actually slightly after both the Sexy Brutal uh, Minute, yes, uh, which I've not played those, but then, and then also um, Elsinore, which I did play um, and our art director worked on. And so even at the time when we really, and, and those were maybe not as high profile as something like Deathloop. Um, and so maybe be like, yeah, I'm, I'd be curious to see like, does this continue or are people like, Full up on time you know they're like cool we we, we did that um moving on um or, or maybe maybe i don't know maybe the 3d ds release re-release of majora's mask a few years ago like got a lot of game designers being like oh this solves a lot of design problems if you just like bake the time bake bake the reset into uh the narrative sure probably cuts down on level design and stuff as well oh it makes it way worse <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I assume all the ways a player could break a time loop as well, and all the things you'd have to account for make it kind of a kind of a nightmare. It, yeah, I mean narratively. Yeah, yeah. It's like every every game. I mean, I'm sure it has its own set of like unique challenges. Um, at least the way we approach doing a time loop, um, the thing we're constantly struggling with is how do we not how do players not get sick of doing the same thing over? I'm sure every time loop game has to kind of address that to some degree. Um, but I think particularly with the way that we're addressing it, where there is really nothing carried over between other than your knowledge. So everything, mm. it's just like there, we have a certain number of constraints that we have to work within. Um, uh, but as with everything, you know, that, that those kind of constraints also lead to neat ideas. So, so, you know, I know this thing has been Outer Wilds has been kind of in some form for what, like almost 10 years now uh, ish. It's right. been almost exactly 10 years since the first prototype that resembled something that would become Outer Wilds. Do, do you think, I mean, this is probably the most interviewee-ish question, but like, do you feel like it kind of hit the experience you wanted to to get to in your initial, I know the gameplay and everything around it has changed, but uh, the kind of experience of exploration or discovery is is where, is this what you wanted? Yes. Um, like to a degree that I don't think anyone could reasonably expect. Um, like we're thrilled anytime people talk about just like, being scared of space because of this game um we're like oh we we like because that was sort of the vi the vibe of like realistic ish like the, the spirit of real world space exploration and how like dangerous that is and then yeah just people t hearing people talk about just the freedom to explore and how like just they get so into the narrative and the characters and wanting to put these things together for themselves um and people saying that they like the fact that we don't tell you anything or what to do um yeah it's really cool and i don't think we could have asked for anything more honestly did do you folks have a lot of astrophysics nerds on the staff because it's interesting to hear you talk about capturing like the danger of space exploration because the game does play fast and loose with a lot of the details which i like i find to be quaint you know like that's part of the charm of the game of like all these spaceships are made out of wood and also these planets are like 30 seconds apart you know like yeah <laughs> parts of it are just sort of like you know you suspend your disbelief for but at the same time it still captures like 
that feeling of like, oh, the spacecraft is almost out of control and I've got to like apply thrust in the other direction and all that stuff. Like, did, like, was there a lot of passion for those details among the staff? The short answer is yes. Um, and we're like extremely aware of all the places where we're breaking the rules um, for the sake of, because we were obviously way more interested. We like, yeah, we, we picked and chose, uh, chose, choose, whatever, um, very carefully. Um, which things we were going to play very close to what it should be. Like there were just, and it was just a feel thing. We're just like, oh, we can't like in good conscious conscience uh, do this incorrectly. Like I like, like space, like, like there's no friction in space. It's just how it is. Um, and people have a hard time with that. And a lot of players are like, man, I wish the ship wasn't so janky. Um, and maybe we could have done a slightly better job in introducing the concept of momentum. But um but that was very important to us for cap giving that it gives you a it was more about the feeling of playing it and being like, oh, I'm in this tin can hurtling through the cosmos because that's what space travel is. Uh, you don't realize what those speeds mean intuitively until you kind of like are just doing it. Um, and then other things, of course, like that's not how quantum mechanics works, <laughs> but that's close enough. But also, does, any, does anybody really know? <laughs> well, well, fair, fair enough. Um, so a lot of it's, yeah, just kind of more taking, some of it's taking inspiration from real world physics. Um, and then sort of like, what's like the fun gameplay version of this that we can kind of weave into this like sci-fi narrative. Um, and then others, we, we just do it. We play it more straight because we care about it personally. That sounds like a fun process. It's a lot of, yeah, we do have a lot of fun with it. Congratulations on, on getting the DLC out the door or we're almost there at the time of this recording. Thank you. Uh, do you want to just remind people where they can look for it? Is it on every platform that Outer Wilds is on? Yeah, it's, unless something has gone horribly wrong, <laughs> it's available. I don't want to hold you to anything. Here, <laughs> yeah, if, if you have the base game or know a place where you can get the base game, uh, the DLC should be available on the 28th. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alex. You, you can, you, your folks made a really good game. Thank you so much. All right, and with that... Thanks again to Alex Beecham. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I tried. I hope I didn't gush too much at that in that interview, but they really, they really did make one of my favorite games basically ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I'm very much looking forward to the DLC. Uh, yeah. and, and getting that's end of this month, right? That's end of September next week. Yeah. Woo! Soon. Mm-hmm. October uh, is nearly upon us, my friends. It's soon. Uh, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Speaking of thanks, thanks, everybody, for listening and subscribing. Uh, pushing like, leaving leaving the like, subscribe, comments. Like, fave, depending on your platform. Fave, fave those comments. Uh, we, are, <laughs> we are over on uh, Patreon.com if you want to support us. We do this because of the uh, generous support and the good vibes from everybody out there. Uh, if you want to go support us, you can go to patreon.com slash nextlander and go check out the tiers there. We try to make everything free, uh, but we do have some fun rewards and uh, uh, thingy-mabobs, I'll say, for, for folks mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at different tiers there. And you can go check that out at patreon.com slash nextlander. We're also over on Twitch and YouTube if you want to go check out our live streams and our 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 archives. Like if you want to go see Alex and I playing some more of that uh that Life is Strange True Colors, you can go check out those other places for that. This week though. This week. Hold on. This week. Mysterious benefactors out there. Mm. 
It's every Finally, week. I'm just revealed. kidding. It's, it's every week, folks. One of the tiers yeah. on the on the Patreon, the Mysterious Benefactor tier. Get your name read out here on this week's show. I'm going to read those names right now, running down the list. This is, as of this recording, our Mysterious Benefactors. And I apologize if I get your name wrong. My mouth. You can always send us a message and let us know. My mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. I, got, I only control some of it. Here we go. Gary Pedgsky, Kevin Villado, Mark Allenbach, Edward Cheek, Tyler Treese, Jay Liner, Trevor and Adrian R., Ben Murden, Ninja Ducky, Joseph Reagan, Brian D., Jerry Lee, J.M., Steve Lynn, Statics, Evan Cook, Skywarp, Robo Jeebus, Rick Button, Thomas Lynn, Robert Fisher, Peter Reardon, Matt, Sean Miller, Andrew Slosky, Casey Shaughnessy, Adam Bilo, John B, Jad Rita, John Hubbard, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, James Smith, Jack Einicker, John McInnes, Stephen Olkovich, Conrad Kuzman, Anders Bouget, Brian Murphy, Blood Emblem, Chris Barkhurst, Bacon Monk, Matthew Herrig, Mark Wilhelm, Nick Donegan, Andrew Jackson, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Rob M, Nelson LeBlanc, Malone Hart, The Bunny Fiend, Devin Maestro Hall, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, It's Me JP. I did it. I said them all. You, you did, did it. it. You made it. I did. Thank it. you. Thank you so much to our benefactors, mysterious and otherwise. That's right. Thanks to everybody. Again, if you want to go over to patreon.com slash nextlander, help us out, help keep us going. We greatly appreciate it. But if you're out there just listening, yeah. if you're out there just watching, if you're out there just thinking, thinking about us, that also helps. Smash, smash, smash that subscribe button. Hit the like. Yeah. Get out there. Heart. If you want, you can get in our Discord. Lots of fun stuff in there as, as yeah. part of the uh, uh, Patreon. You get access to the Discord where you can chat with us. We're going to be having our uh, Discord Q&A coming up towards the end of the month. If you sign up, you can go jump in there. You can. Uh, uh, there we have a Discord channel. We do it live. We take some uh, live questions while we're in there. Lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, or you can go in there in the Discord and just talk about board games, fixing right. stuff. Post That's your right. pets. Anime. Right. Talk to people about Flack if you want. Talk Flack dot, I typed Flack.exe into that Discord yesterday. There you go. All sorts of stuff I'm happened. Looking, I, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to reading that uh, Deathloop thread once I <laughs> am done with Deathloop. It's very I respectful. Believe, and I cannot believe that I don't hate Discord threads. Yeah, I, neither I do I. I continue to be shocked because I really don't like Slack threads. I hate the way that Slack handles threads. Yeah, it but, it works for those like disc, disc, especially for these like one off game threads, right? It mm-hmm. seems to um, the way the way you can archive stuff like that's just going to be this like living archive of what everybody thought of Deathloop in the moment, which is kind of cool. And thanks everybody for being very respectful in there in general. But thanks everybody for being respectful of the spoiler tags. They've been doing a great job, I think. Yeah, talking about those games with spoiler tags. I spend a lot of time in there in that Discord. Is this selfish? I spent a lot of time in there talking about Masterpiece Transformers and, and uh, collecting Transformers. It's great. I love it. 
Vinny, this is what happens when you get to have your own Discord. I go, I love Selfishness it. doesn't exist anymore. It's there for you. They're there for you, Vinny. Wrapping in there about FMV games and, and collecting Transformers and fans toys. It's, uh, man, it's great. It's great. Love that community. All right. Good vibes. Yeah, good vibes. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us again. Uh, this week's show we had, in case you missed it, Lost Judgment, Deathloop, T-O-E-M, Tome or Toem, uh, Skatebird, and then a bunch of news. If you missed that, Blizzard Block. Well, I'm sure we'll get to more, some more Blizzard Block in the future. And thanks again to Alex Beecham uh, from Outer Wilds for talking and spending some time with us. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Thank you. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Thank you. And we will be back next week. <laughs>